If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. to see a podcast my Ian gave to me uh hopefully not this cold <laughs> oh that's a good opening <laughs> for this holiday CU podcast I thought it'd be a little livelier than that happy holidays everyone Al- alongside Ian Ferguson I'm Pat Contry and uh I got the little the little setup going here for it's this holiday see you podcast we'll be talking about Doom's 25th anniversary the the very reasonable reaction to the Sonic the Hedgehog poster. Hopefully the podcast police don't come after us again. They might after after that segment. Um, the uh, Soldier Boy making it into the podcast. Never thought I'd say that. Yep. Uh, a little a little Netflix news. PS Classic. Your Q and A. Little we'll talk about a little holiday cheer as well. Ian, are you preparing well for the holidays? So you got everything bought. I have bought nothing for anyone, um, including you, by the way. That's that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> we'll cross that bridge. I, first, I would like to commend your holiday oh, setup. You, it's Ian. very cheerful. I've been sick for two days, and this is uh, warming my heart. Warming the cockles, your holiday cockles. Yeah. I like garland, and I like this specific style of light. I like the big bulb lights. It's nice. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm ready. I, I, well, I've got Vani's presents uh, ready to go, and well, I guess that's the most important thing to get out of the yeah, way yeah, first. Yeah, your wife. Yes, <laughs> yes. That, that so, takes precedence over anything so, else. So that's all. You well, you don't want to buy it for your second cousin for you buy some for for yeah, your wife for so, sure. So that's good. Uh, I've I've received some treats in the mail. Uh, someone sent me. Uh, my my friend Chris and his wife sent. Get this homemade marshmallows in the mail. Uh, I don't know how that works. They're homemade. Okay. They're just delicious. Uh, I got chocolate ones and regular ones, and uh, he suggested that the best way to eat them was to pretend that they were Kirby's children and eat okay. them while looking Kirby in the eye. Nah, that's become a lot creepier. And I got to tell story. you, it was a great way to eat those marshmallows. Speaking of sweets, uh, sh- shout out to Webster from Drake's. Yes, Drake's Cakes, the OG, the uh, snack cake n- name you can trust. The original, like seriously, everyone ripped them off. So they sent me uh, the the coffee cakes. They also sent me the Devil Dogs. Someone from from Drake sent you Webster. I, nice. I, we follow each other. On oh yes, Webster, Webster the, duck. the Duck. Yes, the original. There he is. There's Webster right there. So some holiday cheer from Drake. So we're gonna put you right here for the whole podcast. Fudge dip. And yes, I would love. Uh, yes, this are the fudge dipped, the world famous Devil uh, Devil Dogs. When you hear a Devil Dog around the U.S., Drake's made it up. Those are those are they're snack food geniuses. So there's Drake's right there. Hot dang. Uh right there. This little this little ugly guy is, is right there. And then also they, they they sent me, Ian. They sent me the a Drake's shirt right here. Oh my god, that's adorable. Isn't that so that if, if for people listening, it's a little Mario pixel, but it's uh, Webster the Duck Drake's. So Ian, they actually sent me two. That's amazing. So one's for you. Oh yeah. When you find the blood sport shirt. <laughs> So this, does, this goes to Ian when he gets my blood sports from two years ago. <laughs> Sounds good. Merry Christmas, Ian. 
Um, so have you have you been into the Smash? You've been smashing the brothers up. Yes, the Ultimate Smash, Smash Brothers has been very good. Vani and I, um, I, I bought it. I got it delivered. It only came the day after. I, I ordered it the day before it came out, and it came in the day after from <coughs> Amazon. So it was, it was fairly quick. We should play. Yeah, I've been playing that online. I'll turn it on. And um, Vani and I played some last night. I had Nyquil in me and a shot of whiskey. You that's, still do, I think. Yeah, uh, I have Dayquil in me now, and that's. I can't handle well, cold. Well, Dayquil's not supposed to have any any <clears throat> bad side effects. Like oh, no, drowsy. no. Dayquil gives you... Yeah, it gives you a pep. Gives you the pep. It's still... <sighs> Anyways, I can't handle cold meds the way I did when I was a kid. Um, I'll have to sanitize that microphone after you're done, I think. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, but yes, the Smash Brothers has been good. Uh, I also saw it into the Spider-Verse. That was very good. Oh, I have to see that. that was... There's like seven movies I want to see in December. Right. It's insane. Same. I want to see Aquaman... Yeah. Hear yes. this now. Hear this now. I want to go see Marvel a fanboy DC himself. movie. Uh, I, I, that's not true. We've had this discussion. Most of my comic... Most of my comic... This way? Ian, you're doing the podcast for like five years. Yeah, where do you want me to put where this Where your mic? face is pointed where is where the microphone should be. This is where the microphone should be. All right, be. here we go. You can, you can face me, but turn the microphone. It's not difficult... How are we doing? How are we doing? You can, okay, go on. All right. Um, yeah, I want, so anyways, my enthusiasm is in shot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really want to see uh, Aquaman. Okay. And uh, I still need to see Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, the yes. new one. I want to see Widow still, even though it came out like a month ago. Probably got to see my Liam Neeson's. Um, uh, what, else, what else is out there I wanted to see? I'm missing like four movies that came out. Oh, um, oh, uh, Bumblebee looks fantastic. Oh, yeah, it does. I it looks don't, fantastic. It looks, I, it looks like the, the the Transformers movie they should have made uh, eleven years ago. Yeah, I'm actually not certain that I'll get out to see that one just because movie tickets are expensive and there's only so much time. But Bumblebee would be on the list if I could find a way to swing it. I feel like I have a weird obligation now to see every major Hollywood film that John Cena's in. Uh, being that uh, Blockers was really good, I think I told you about that in the summer. I was yeah, like, or that was April or May. That was a while back. That was excellent. He's a he's a very good actor for what he does, you know. And supposedly he's you know you know he's playing a military guy, of course, but you know he maybe he may be pigeonholed. He's like but he's, he's likable. He's he is kind of like he's a likable guy, even <laughs> though it, as a wrestler he's kind of you know too much uh, you know white bread sort of baby face but he's he's a likable guy yeah in real life you know he does the wake make a wish stuff he's got the muhammad ali uh sports illustrator uh, sports illustrated award for like doing good stuff so oh does he really yeah that's he just good. got that's it nice you know so uh so smash who's your main in smash piranha, uh, piranha plant now peach is always do i have to install the game before a certain time to get piranha plant or my screw you have to pop it in you have to register i it, can do that and then you have to uh, download a code uh, it sends you a code or uh, immediately okay um but piranha, uh, piranha plant won't be in there until uh, like i think the second week of january okay so um, space out. peach is always my main and then um pac-man is usually secondary since the last game Ooh, pac-man yeah uh, and then Vani was kicking my ass with Sonic the Hedgehog last night. I think I played Brawl about four times total when I bought it for the Wii U. So uh, uh, that wasn't Brawl. That's just uh, that's just Smash Four. Uh, Brawl was Wii. Brawl was Wii. Okay, I played that one once. <laughs> I think I own it. I'm pretty sure I own it. But the Wii U one, I played like four times, and that was it. I was like, it was okay. It was closer to how the original felt. I don't like how Melee plays. Sorry. Like it's like too staccato, like the. Well, movement. this one plays a lot like how the one on the Wii U played with some really a little, nice little smoother. Yeah, yeah, I don't like smoother, faster. Sorry. Um, my, I, I always start with Mario. I like Samus. 
Uh, Mario's, you know, the well-rounded one. Mario's fun. I I never liked playing as Mario until this one, but I used him in the spirits mode uh, initially, and yeah, Mario's a good time. You're never out of it with Mario. That's the thing. You're always you're always in the game somehow. (laughs) So yeah, perfectly average at everything. That's me. Pass perfectly average. Uh, there. Smash Brothers Ultimate, Ian, set a new sales record for the series and is the fastest selling game in the Nintendo eShop ever. In quotes, ever. I don't know why the quotes are ever. What, what is it, like 3 million in the U.S. alone? Sold 3 million in the U.S. alone pretty damn quickly. This, this could be out of date by then as GameStop breaks my computer. GameSpot. GameStop could too as well. Uh, let's see. What, are they, what do we got here? Uh, first 11 days in the market, game has sold more than 3 million units in the U.S. alone. Alone, Ian. That's wild. So it's going to track. It's going to track at this point potentially to do more than uh, Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, which I thought I was surprised you weren't. I remember you you were concerned about Nintendo not having a big hit coming out this year, and I, and I said that Smash was going to be like I meant throughout the year, but I mean Smash carried it through, and then you had Splatoon two, Pokemon, Splatoon, and Splatoon two was, was last, last year. year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, Pokemon Let's Go and Smash gave it the, the what it needed at the end of the year. It was just otherwise sure. a, a slower year, but. Um, and you Super Mario Party? No, I, I felt like I felt like Smash. I I had a fairly good feeling that Smash would be um, a huge seller, and I'm not really surprised that it's over. It's, it, it it could outsell um, Zelda or or uh, Mario for this reason. Um, not many pe- people love Smash. There was a lot of hype for this one, and not a lot of people got to play the Smash on the. Wii the U Wii U, three, yes. whereas even though there was Super Mario 3D World and it was fun, a lot of people didn't look at it as like a main entry in that that series, and there was no main Zelda for people to miss on the Wii U because so it's it the came, same because it came out on the Switch. it came out on the Switch. So now everyone's finally getting to play that Smash that they missed with all this extra bullshit, and they really did. They went over the top and you know threw in. There's going to be 76. 76 standard characters with Piranha Plant in the base game. I mean, that's insane. There are some people out there who I saw afterwards complaining about lack of content, and it's like... there's there's well, One, it's a fighting game. There are some things missing, yes, but like Home Run Derby and Targets Mode, and I miss Targets Mode, because Target Mode really does help you learn a character, but it's like... Oh, they we gave, hit the targets. Yeah, the because course. because it really is like tailored to each character, and sure. it, it teaches you how to use their attacks. But at the end of the day, you have seventy six, and you have characters. and you have a first player mode. That's is that pretty good so far. It's it's decent, it's decent, but it, it it's still it's just you, you got a good game with a lot of stuff. Is there anything surprised you about the game so far? Like any any. Uh... Little sis or spirits that are cool. How's how's the spirit mode? You like that? It's fun. Um, that is where. So that is one complaint that I, I one minor complaint I have, um, and uh, I, I agree with a lot of people on this one, and and the people who are you know upset about the lack of the other things. It's fine. I think they will be added in later. Nintendo has said they'll add more modes, um, but the thing that does kind of suck about the spirit mode is you get all these really cool references. But unlike the trophy modes in previous versions, um, they don't really add any flavor text explaining the the spirit or the character to you. So, like, you get something cool like a mock rider, but it doesn't explain the you know where it appeared or okay. what game it's from. So that's kind of strange. They should add that in, <laughs> in an update, just a little text. 
Well, Nintendo's been really good about updating their games and fleshing them out a little bit more as time goes on. So hopefully maybe we'll get that. I think we'll get the, you know, the home run punching bag mode added in. Um, I think we'll get some of the other little modes that are fun added back in. But the little tweaks to classic mode have been fun. Um, All the stuff that I think you'd expect from just local co-op smashes there. And I haven't been having the problems with online that other people have been having, although I have noticed that a few stages particularly can choke the online, and that's that's annoying. But you can go in and turn off selected stages when you create like an arena. Okay. You can go in and be like, okay, I don't don't want want this stage to ever show up, or this stage, or this stage, so that's cool too. Um, And more Switch news, this is like breaking the past day or so, uh, about... Uh, Nintendo sold 8.7 million Switch units in the U.S. alone as as of the end of November 2018. Um, wow. Woo! Wait, how many? That doesn't uh, seem like 8. a lot. 8.7 million Switch units as of the end of November 2018. I thought we were at well over that. Uh, in the U.S.? Oh, just in the U.S. Just the U.S. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that means uh, it's 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 getting there. Uh, da, 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 da. so it's it's the fastest according to this it's the fastest selling uh it's the fastest selling console of this generation within within its first 20 months in any in the region wow that's impressive oh that's for that's for japan oh no that's for the wait that's for anything okay according to GameSpot, uh hybrid console sold more units after 20 months in the region than any other current gen system did after the same period so it's a, it's a faster uh clip right there crazy that's pretty good that's pretty good it's gonna hit that 40 to 45 million i think it's gonna hit it yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what the total sales shake out to be in like february after 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 the holiday christmas money and all that stuff it'll be a few more million at least three four million you would think i mean it's crazy when i sign on and i look it's like my it's It's only the second holiday at this at this point i log on and uh i got about 30 people on my friends list playing you know around nighttime and it's almost all smash and pokemon um we have to do it we have to do our final fight run still yes let's do that do that run still uh and then of course in a year from now we're going to have whatever the switch pro come out and that's going to be a, a ton more units sold and people will upgrade maybe better better joy joy little thumb things Joy thumbs? Thumb joys? Joy thumbs. Is that what they're called? Nothing like a joy thumb. All right. Uh, what else I was going to say? Oh, if you want to, uh, you know, last minute Christmas gift, you want to order a certain NES guidebook, ultimatenes.com. If you order, I think if you order like within the next couple of days by like the by like the 19th or 20th, it, it has a shot of arriving on time, but it, it does ship media mail, so it's not guaranteed. So get that order in as soon as you hear this. <laughs> Just to guarantee it that, you, that you'll get one. Okay, uh, Ian. Uh, Doom. Doom came out 25 years ago already in, in uh, 93, 2018. One uh, of my I, favorite games I of had, all time. I had it on shareware discs. I had it. I had the two black uh, shareware discs for the knee the deep install. Knee deep in the dead. The first of the three campaigns of Doom. Yep, I remember my dad bringing uh, Doom to home in the big box, and uh, all of us sitting down to play it. I remember my dad suddenly not giving a shit about violence in video games when that game came out and being like, let's all sit down and play Doom because I want to play Doom and there's no way I'm going to be able to say no or make excuses about this one. <clears throat> but obviously Doom was a hugely important uh, you know, game 
Um, we have a friend who, you know, uh, doesn't like Doom so much, uh, our friend Joey. I don't want to get into that right now. I mean, this, is a, this is a festive, uh, festive podcast, not a lot of negativity. Um, so, I mean, we could sit here and wax a ton about Doom, but what's very cool is for the 25th anniversary, uh, John Romero, one of the co-creators of Doom, is putting out a uh, new level pack, a new WAD file. A uh, megawad. A megawad. It's going to have 18 levels. It's going to have nine single-player levels and nine multiplayer levels. So, just real quick, a wad is a custom level that you create for Doom. So, going back to my Doom Trips for the Gurus, big-ass book and, and editing software. I that, had that exact I, one. Yeah, they just, it was like 20 30 bucks, and you got this like 1,000-page book. You got like eight different editors, and you can create your own levels fairly easily. You could do it. And then you go into your DOS prompt, and you load up the wad into Doom, and it boots into it. So, I guess a megawad is a term for, here's an entire campaign. Like, here's a... A, a, a list of these. Well, a wad could a, a, a wad can be multiple levels in and of itself. Sure. So I think megawad is just a funny sounding term. Um, <laughs> but nine single player and nine deathmatch levels. Oh, I haven't played Doom Deathmatch in forever. Yeah. Now I want to again. So <laughs> this is this is awesome for a lot of reasons. One, because it's it's new levels for the original Doom created by the dude. I mean, it's it's, sure. it's Romero so it's, doing it's it. It's an unofficial sure. sequel, spiritual successor to yeah, the original. It, you know. So, it, as as he says, it's 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 essentially um, it, it's going to pick up after um, the third episode of the original Doom, which is even dead and uh, Shores of Hell, I think. Inferno, yeah. Inferno. Inferno. Yes. Where does uh, where's Final Doom fall into the timeline? Is that like out somewhere? Like there's Doom, Doom Two, and then Final Doom is not Doom Three. Um, <laughs> So that's very cool. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be blisteringly difficult, and I can't wait to play them. But the nine new deathmatch levels is actually what appeals to me because as much Doom was the first game I played in deathmatch, and I played a lot of deathmatch. It was one of Doom my, with yeah, friends. I played it too. Peer to peer connection, yep. even and uh, host modem, you know all that stuff. But the Doom's levels were not particularly well structured for deathmatch. They were structured for single player or co-op. Yes, because they're giant levels. A lot of you don't run into each other easily. Yeah. And, and there were some levels that you know managed to be pretty good deathmatch levels. Um, the last level, for instance, in episode one, was a really good deathmatch level. But it'll be fun to find some friends and actually play these new deathmatch levels and see how they are, um, you know, made, you know, to see some official new deathmatch levels that were made specifically for it. I think that would be a lot of fun. So in addition to the free megawad, uh, Sigil, am I saying that correctly? Sigil. They're announcing, uh, limited runs doing some fun stuff. Uh, limited edition fan boxes. Uh, so the, just the boxes, I guess, not not uh, like anything in them. If you want the box, no, there's plus. stuff in them. Oh, there's gonna be stuff in them. Yeah. So basically, the, the oh, megawatt. Is, I didn't read because I'm an idiot. Yeah, the megawatt is free, but limited runs doing some really really neat. How did stuff. I never hear about this before? They're doing some really neat stuff. So the sigil beast box is the. <laughs> I uh, want this. This, this is the limit. This is the big one. It's 166 bucks. Okay. A 16 gigabyte, three and a half inch floppy disk themed USB. That's awesome. With That's uh, awesome. with the mega, the free megawatt data and extras, a two-disc booklet-style case with the megawatt data and full buckethead soundtrack, 
as well as behind-the-scenes info of the original game and the Megawad's development, an 8x10 art print, a sigil-themed coin, and then... (laughs) The fun one. A pewter statue of John Romero's head on a spike. Okay. And then an XL-sized sigil t-shirt and one sigil sticker and one Romero game so that's sticker. So the, that's the deluxe one. There's that's a, the deluxe one. There's a standard one. And then the standard one is the uh, just a standard-sized big box featuring artwork by Christopher Lavelle, 16-gigabyte, 3.5-inch floppy, USB, etc., buckethead soundtrack, and the two stickers. But um, okay. that Peter statue of Romero's head, if I'm not mistaken, harkens back to... Um, uh, the last level of Doom 2, Icon of Sin, if you cheat that level and, and clip through the Icon of Sin, it's his head there. And if you chainsaw it, you can cheat and beat the level that way. I'm trying to find the picture of his head on a spike on the I don't see it, site. but it's... Okay, so the re- standard edition is uh, 40 bucks. Yep. For the standard one with the box. So when you say 166 you get you get sticker shock, but uh, the pewter head might be worth it. Oh, the USB, it's adorable, the little disc with the USB. Yeah, on it. That's adorable. That's a, that, that's a thing now. So in some way, people are still making uh, uh, three and a half floppies, uh, which is funny. So my question is this. Oh, by the way, I looked up Final Doom is just like a mod pack, official mod pack of right. Doom Two. I didn't know that because I ha- I owned it and I didn't really. I only ever played it. It's really. just got a bunch of new. It's levels, cool. Black box, black box. I had it, but I never really played it back in the day. Um. So I have I've downloaded uh, the good old games. I have Doom and Doom Two. I download because it was on sale for like a dollar. Right. Stupid not to buy it. So I, I'm hoping there's an easy way to use that to load up these wads. Is, 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 yeah, it is, says you just, need, you just need the official registered version of it. And um, it's... Uh, I don't have to go into like a DOS prompt and do it. <laughs> I would hope no. it's probably done for it. You click on something and it accesses the it, game and loads it up. Yeah, there's a way to just... Yeah, there's a way to load them. It's pretty easy. All right. I'm going to be playing some Doom in 2019. You heard it here first. We'll do some deathmatch. Yep, it'll be fun. And and I don't I don't think as a kid I ever played using a mouse. I'll get used to using get used to using a mouse. I'm just gonna um, use a keyboard. It's the easiest way to do it. Use a keyboard, not a controller. I think I use the Gravis gamepad. That's what I used when I was a kid. It worked. I mean, if you're not playing any of the modified versions of Doom, a keyboard is still the easiest way to do it. How do you turn on it? Left, you, right, you, up, you, down, you, left, right. How do you use a strafe. Shift. Oh, hold you. Oh, oh, okay. Hold down shift. Left, back, left, right. All right, right that works too. Yeah. That works too. That's yeah. A lot of those early first-person shooters using a mouse is not the smoothest uh, oh, to sucks. control. Um, so all right, keyboard all the way. All right. So Doom, one of the one of the most important video games ever, most influential, and uh, Joey's crazy when it comes to his opinion on it. I yeah. guess. Yeah. So Ian, you love Sonic the Hedgehog. I do, not as much as my wife, but I do love Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I, I could take it or leave it, as you know. Um, played Sonic at my friend Kevin's house. Sonic one and two. I was like, okay, it's fine, it's cute, you know. But, you know, Sonic has persisted almost like a weed over the past 25 years, 27 years or so. And now, Ian, we have the first glimmer of what's looking to be the live-action Sonic the Hedgehog film, at least in marketing terms. You had the release of a couple different posters. First, you had a motion poster. I believe IGN did a motion poster where he's in the shadows, and you kind of see Sonic, what he looks like. And Ian, what was the reaction on the internet to that poster? Would you say? I, mean, I don't know. People, people were, people were unhappy about it. Unhappy, you would say. I, I mean, <clears throat> and, and and why, Ian? Because it looks like he was doing a lot of squats. 
So he was a little beefier. In the, <laughs> you can't see the face in the, in the poster. You had some people try to lighten it, but that was fake. Um, lighten the face. So he, he, he had a little, little tonage going on. Yeah. A little leg presses. Got a, little, got a little tone. A little too much tone. A little too much tone for people. People, I think, were all upset he didn't have socks. I believe that he had red shoes or sneakers, but no socks. Well, you, I don't think you could see the, the, the shoes in that poster. Or maybe you could. Um, and then you got the other one where he was sitting on top of the bridge, and he had his long, furry, muscular calves. And no socks. That's gross. Overlooking like, the Golden Gate Bridge, yeah, it looked that, like. <clears throat> that's how you get athlete's foot. Um, Yeah. I mean, I understand. It doesn't look very good. Looks pretty bad. It's a little so, rough. So I tweeted, I tweeted out about people's expectations when it comes to these sort of movies. And I don't know what people expect out of a Sonic the Hedgehog live action film. A cartoony looking Sonic the Hedgehog. Really? Like yeah. a 2D drawn Sonic the Hedgehog? No. No, but you just take any... I, I I understand what you're saying. I don't think the movie will necessarily be good, but you can just take the standard 3D model of Sonic the Hedgehog and throw him in there. Into a live-action film and not have him look silly, next to, standing next to an actor. It. I mean, they, they've done it before in movies. Like, I mean, the Smurfs and the Garfield movie, and they've done... I mean, I'm not... Do those look good? It looks... In terms of what fans want... Yes, that's what they want. I'm not saying it's going to look great, but it looks better than making him a tall, hairy, muscular beast. Well, here's the thing, though. We haven't even seen what he actually looks like entirely. There was a sure. There was a, a leaked uh, poster, which I believe from my source was real. It was like mocked up, where he's he's like uh, arms back on a uh, on a police car with his feet on Chris Pratt's head. Chris Pratt's along in the movie, but I guess the time he was in the running for a, a lead role, and it looks like Sonic the Hedgehog to me. Yeah, that one, I mean, didn't look that awful, I guess. I, I mean, I have no dog in this race, but I do I, believe there was a better way to do it, and that was just make him look like A straight video. translation of the 16-bit look, CG him up, ne- and have him stand next to a, humans. Yeah, like, and yeah, I, I, yes, I do. I mean, because it doesn't, okay, it, doesn't, it doesn't look realistic either way. Yeah, but th- when you're suspending your disbelief, there's, there's a way to do it, and there's a way to... Tr- totally pull you out this is a movie and this is this is i, I had a twitter thread about this that tons of people react to i think you even reacted to it as well no i don't uh, think about, i chimed in uh, you you like to reply to something oh, okay. usually he only likes replies to me that go against my original argument that's how he rolls on twitter but anyway um he usually doesn't back me up ever but anyway um so my argument is that on its surface this is just a bad idea for a movie to begin with well sure it's just an awful idea so your expectation bar should be under the fucking floor for this film well yes if this was fully animated i'd say you have a shot at something like the super mario brothers one is going to be a full cg animated movie that okay no questions about how he's going to translate to real life looking next to a person it would be horrific mario in real life we've seen those mock-up images for sonic the hedgehog though um, you have a franchise that has become, uh, to some people, a parody, and that more more of the enjoyment comes out of Sonic being a joke in the past ten or plus years. Mm, Sonic Mania says no. I'm just saying in general, though. Sure. People uh, laugh at at uh, the stupid memes. They laugh at the horrible games that have come out with Sonic. They laugh at even the fucking ice pop memes. Like that's how Sonic has permeated into our popular culture recently. More so than reliance uh, on good games, I would argue. So when you go from that angle into a live-action movie, this is set up to fail to begin with. So 
the argument to me isn't that he's going to look uh, silly or that he, he doesn't have socks or he doesn't have gloves or that his legs or he has, or the argument that, oh, he has fur on his legs or something like that's you have to translate a, a, a hedgehog onto the screen somehow. It's going to look dumb no matter what. That's my argument. Um, so this is just going to be a bad movie no matter what. And it's going to flop no matter what, because there are not enough Sonic the Hedgehog fans to go into the theater in this day and age to make this a success. I, just isn't. I, I would say this. I, it does, you can keep the shape of Sonic. If it's going to look ridiculous, ridiculous one way or another, you can keep the shape of Sonic the Hedgehog and keep the fans happy. All you have to do is look at the most recent Detective Pikachu. They kept the shape of the Pokemon the same. Mm-hmm. The Pokemon look essentially the same. They didn't go out of their way to change the shape of the Pokemon to make them but look. That's not anthropomorphic like Sonic is to begin with. Like Sonic is built like a person. Uh, Pikachu's a, a, like a stuffed animal. It, it's like it's like seeing the like Winnie the Pooh. When you see that when you see the live action Winnie the Pooh movie, which I saw the last this last uh, summer, it looked like a stuffed animal moving around. It's like okay, I can see the translation. But this large- is an anthropomorphic hedgehog that you could still make it look the same. I, I don't think you can, Ian. I, I think people, when people think about translating this stuff over from just like, oh, it, it's sprite art or CG art, when, when you're plopping it into next to a person, you, you have to you have to find that middle ground a little bit. A little bit, at least. And here's the, and here's the best part. No one has seen this in oh, action. Yeah. And they're losing their shit. Well, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. No one has seen this yet. My, my, my main beef with you is that you feel like they must make this leap when there's absolutely no reason for them to make no, that no. transformation. No, no, my argument is it's going to look stupid no matter what. Well, that's fine. But you can't have him look exactly how he does in the video games. You can't. You can't. If you want to go 2D anime like Roger Rabbit, first of all, that's extremely no, expensive. No, I'm not saying that. And, and to make that film is nearly impossible to do it, which is why it's really been done. You, yeah. could, you, could, do, you could use the same... Translation: You could use the same effect that Detective Pikachu is using with Sonic the Hedgehog. Keep his same proportions, his same style, his same look. Add the same effect with the fur, and fans would be a lot happier than turning him into a man. We don't know if he looks like a man. Just because he has muscles <clears throat> on his legs? He's a man? He's tall. It, it's the proportions. I don't know. I, I I think you have to at least wait until a trailer. Is that well, you being no, reasonable? No, that, to see? that is being reasonable. I'm just saying from the outlines we saw, the it, Chris Pratt poster looks fine. Like if it, like that, that looks like Sonic. If, if that's actually what but, it's going to be, that that's not so bad. But for for people to go off on like people people are making that we're, we're in such a weird fucking let's get and this goes with everything else. But let's get pissed off about something for my 15 minutes of fame. So now you had people going to the movie theater, seeing the, the Sonic leg poster, and posting themselves in agony over seeing a promotional poster to a movie that's not even close to being completed yet. That comes Did out. Did anyone next actually? Year. Has oh that yeah, I saw public it. yet? Oh, oh yeah, people were people were posting. Oh my god, it's real! I well, can't believe it. I mean, oh, yeah, I, it's a movie theater poster. I've seen that picture. Has there actually been yes. pictures of people standing yes. next to it and taking videos, oh, okay. seeing the movie theaters? Yes. Um, that, that's a, that's a teaser poster. For a, for a sure. theater that comes out like a year before a theater comes out. That's not a final poster. Anyways, you know? I'm in agreement with you on everything except for the fact I don't feel like that's the necessary style they have to go with. Well, here's they, the, could, they could do it like Detective Pikachu. Well, here's the best part about it. Apparently, Sega didn't care because they have no say over this. 
They sold the rights away, not giving yeah. a shit about their property. No. So it's Sega's fault at the end of the day for this. Oh, well, Sega's at fault for a lot of things. So that's what I mean. If Sega doesn't give a shit about how Sonic's portrayed on screen, well, like, really, why should you at that point? You know, they're just taking the money. Oh, you, okay, we'll just sell the rights away. We don't give a shit. Well, fans care a lot more about properties than most companies do anyways. Like, Nintendo learned their mistake from from the live-action yeah. uh, movie. Uh, that was, like, almost 25 years ago as well. Jesus. Little, uh, was that 93, 92? Actually, I think that was actually 25 years ago. Norm did a great video on it, I think, last year about the about behind-the-scenes bit. But... Uh, bear in mind that with the with the with the Mario movie that Illumination's doing, that Nintendo's probably like hand holding the entire time when it comes sure. to that. because they're they're opening theme parks all over the world. Uh, they they obviously they're on an upswing, and Mario they want to make sure is like it's going to be this you know Mickey Mouse character going forward that they're not going to make the mistake that Sega did. Sure, uh, that like oh we'll just sell the rights away, then we have no sale. Or even the, what even some of the Sonic uh, creators were. Looked like online were, were joking at how bad oh, yeah. it seemed to them. Well, you can't do anything about it, unfortunately. So, all right. Well, it'll come out next year. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll do great. No, it's going to fail. It will because you're going to you're already pissed off the fans. But I would argue that the general public, not familiar with Sonic, is going to look at it and be like, "This is a little too weird for me." <laughs> They're going to be like, "This is a little too nutty." Yeah, uh, there's, to I don't to. think there's going to be any general appeal to it at all. So, all right. Uh, Godspeed Sonic poster. Nintendo is announcing that they are ending production of their NES and SNES classic consoles. Um, I believe after the holiday, they uh, with they announced this in an interview with the Hollywood Reporter on Monday. Um, company said that after the current stock sells out, the classic gaming systems will not return to the shelves in the U.S. Um, hey, thanks, advertisement. Uh, so, they've said that the current systems are the extent of their classic program. That's what Reggie says. And um, as they stated when they brought back the NES Classic, that they were going to be available through the holiday season. Of this year. Because it came back this year. for sale this spring, right? So they announced that, I think it was like a year ago they announced it, before it was come back, that it will be sold <clears throat> through the end of this year. Yeah, I think it was the beginning of this year. They were basically like, okay, we're bringing back the NES Classic. We yes. realized that there was a problem. We're going to make them available. Because um, the Super Nintendo came out last summer, right. a year and a half ago almost. So they've it. kept the Super Nintendo in churning. In, in, in churning. This summer, instead of doing another Classic, essentially, which is what... Because it was... This summer was bringing back the NES Classic. Last summer was SNES Classic. Summer before that was NES NES Classic. Classic. So this summer was the relaunch, and they were like, okay, we're going to keep these both in production until until after the holidays. And actually make money. And make money. And sell them. And they did. (laughs) Um, So they're announcing the the end of this run. Now, um, some people seem to be a little bit upset about this. I... I understand that people want these on the shelves forever, and there have been some, there have been some pretty solid. Uh, there, there, there are some decent arguments for it. I think it was uh, um, Chris Kohler on Kotaku who was like, "This is where Nintendo was trying. You know, this was how Nintendo could, whether they were trying to or not, this was how Nintendo could meet people in the middle. Um, 
you know, I think it was a good point he made. I think it was him who said that this was kind of like the Nintendo selling their games on, like, the App Store for 99 cents. These bundles were how people who didn't want to switch or just wanted to play some, you know, Nintendo Classic games could get their fix without, without having buying, a Switch. Without having a Switch or buying a new system. Sure. And I get that, and I do see that. On the other hand... This is not what Nintendo does. This yeah. is, they don't make toys. and Not anymore. And... um with the abundance of these that I, I tend to see when I go out shopping, I wonder if after this holiday season, there's going to be a big enough market for this to even warrant Nintendo continuing to produce them. I don't know that this is necessarily a bad move on Nintendo's part. The way they they released the NES Classic the first time was awful. But they released the Super Nintendo Classic properly, and then they released the NES Classic properly. I feel like anyone who's wanted one of these has had, had... They've gotten by now. They've had the time to do it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that, like we saw with the NES Classic coming back, and I realize that production line space is at a premium and things like that, but it, yeah, doesn't, these... it doesn't mean that Nintendo was closing the door forever on these things coming back. But if they never did, the market had been... I feel like probably saturated with these. Sure. Yeah. At this point, if you go on eBay, even looking at the secondhand market, they're available. You can get an NES classic for $60. Right. On eBay, secondhand. I don't know if you can still find them in stores. Whenever I, last time I went to Target, um, there was uh, plenty of Super Nintendo classics. I don't remember the Yeah, I'm not sure about NES, but I mean, I I know that I'd seen them in recent. You've gotten your, the whole point is this, what Ian's saying is that you've had your chance with it coming back this almost full year, uh, back in business here, they've restocked these. You've had your chance to get one at sixty dollars without paying a scalper. You have, right? And the same for the Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo's been out for a year and a half, and that was available well from the beginning. The Super Nintendo. Yeah, even yeah, I mean, I noticed a little well, bit of a supply lot problem, but I mean, within like two months of those coming out, I I never. If I needed to pick one up, there were numerous, numerous opportunities where I could. Yeah, it wasn't like the NES Classic where they, there was no supply. It was ridiculous. So, yeah, yeah. if you say, well, Nintendo makes Amiibo. Yeah, Amiibos are little trinkets that are a lot less complicated to produce than a, than a, a, a fucking NES Classic. That, that takes, you have to develop the software for it. You have to do the hardware. You got to have someone make it. And then you can have supply problems. It's just, uh, it's a, it's a, it's probably for Nintendo a business I didn't want to get into. Reggie said originally the NES Classic was a bridge between nothing in 2016 for that holiday season. You know, if they had nothing going on that year. This is pre-Switch. Wii U's already been dead forever at that point. So they they said uh, erroneously though that this is like a holiday product to get people to know about the NES Classic. But they never advertised the NES Classic on TV. They never advertised the SNES Classic on TV. I've seen a billion commercials for the PS Classic. So for them, this was never, to them, something they were going to, you know, uh, that's always going to be the bread and butter. This is always going to be, to them, I guess, a bonus that they could do on the side. And, th- and Nintendo didn't want to focus on it, unfortunately. I, th- I still think they could. I still think they could. And I still think you're going to get another Classic eventually. Even though they said no N64 Classic, I think eventually they might, they might revisit it in, in a few years. No, I think they will, too. I just, it's not surprising to me that they did not change their mind. It's not surprising to me that this is not going to be something that they would... It's not surprising to me that this isn't something they will focus on year-round. No. Or constantly. And, and they do have their, their Switch Online uh, servers, which is not based on the NES or Super Nintendo, but that will become a tenant of 
of their marketing, you will get all this software. And we're releasing NES games each month. I just released a few more with Lolo, your buddy. So, I, I mean, that this is not Nintendo space. Even though they could make it their space in some way, I don't see them, yeah, dedicating their whole time to it, like you said, all year round. Mm-hmm. If it's something they do every other year, every once in a while in a blue moon, maybe that makes more sense, to, sense for them to do. And if they do bring it back, I, I honestly, at least with the NES Classic, I would feel... Maybe with the Super NES Classic, too. I would almost say that you would see maybe half the same games and half new games, too. I mean... Sure. You know, I, who knows? But this it's not a surprise. In other news, timing, I just got my NES Switch controllers in the mail the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah. Still need to order those. I was like, you got a limited amount of time, I think, to do it. You just wanted to touch the mushroom. I did want to touch the mushroom. Proud to be partnering with Robinhood. Robinhood's an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. What is the value of the Robinhood app? Even well, there's no cost or commission fees. No transaction fees. Huh? Nothing. So whenever you typically on a website or an app, you trade stocks like I have in the past. Every time you sell one stock or sell 100, you're hit with the same fee. Uh, buying or selling. This doesn't have it. Other brokerages charge up to $10. Robinhood doesn't charge anything. Keep all of your profits. It's designed for ease of use, easy to understand charts and market data. Place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. There's also curated stock collections like the most popular, female CEOs, social media, entertainment stocks, and analyst ratings of buy, hold, and sell for every stock. So here's the deal, people. Robinhood is giving our listeners, you guys, a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you start building your portfolio. Sign up at cupodcast.robinhood.com. That's cupodcast.robinhood.com and get that free stock and get going with your trading today. Ian, there's a buzzy gift on everyone's list this year. You know what I'm talking about. It's Quip. Indeed. It's the electric toothbrush with sensitive sonic vibrations, gentle enough on your sensitive gums, with a built-in timer with guiding pulses to remind you when to switch sides. You use, you love the timer. You like the, a, good, a good scrubbing of the teeth and gums. I do. It makes a sure nice I massage get too. two and a half minutes in every morning and every night. <laughs> is it two and a half minutes? It is. It's two and a half minutes. Well, <laughs> it's two. It's 30 seconds for each quadrant. Oh, okay. That's the proper way to brush your teeth. That's some Ian math right there. Yep. Sorry. Quit makes holiday travel... Travels clean and easy with a multi-use cover that mounts to mirrors and it unmounts to slide over the bristles for on-the-go brushing. So it's a built-in little little uh, travel holder right there. Um, it doesn't require a clunky charger. It runs for three months on one charge. It's a gift that keeps refreshing with brush heads automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. So Quip has a... Um a deal right now uh, starting at just 25 bucks if you go to getquip.com slash cu podcast right now you can get your first refill pack for free with a quip electric toothbrush that's getquip.com slash cu podcast it's a sleek looking techie type gift could be a stocking stuffer there's multiple covers uh, excuse me multiple colors to choose from Again, go to getquip.com slash podcast, getquip.com slash podcast, and get that get that free refill pack free. And you don't have to tell the person on your wish list that you got it for free, that bonus. Okay, Ian, you know we're the official Battle Royale podcast. Mm-hmm. Public, oh, battle, public Battlegrounds G. Public, public Battlegrounds G. That should be the game. <laughs> Fortnite Battle Royale. Well, Ian... You know, Fortnite's a free-to-play game. Yes. 
but that's not why Epic Games has made uh, you know hundreds of millions of dollars every freaking month with I this stuff. I don't know stuff. if you know, uh, last night I surpassed Ninja in terms of skill at Fortnite. Did you really? I did. I did not know that, Ian. I beat him five times. You beat him five times? Five times. Five times. I saw that. I saw that replay on Twitch. Yeah, I saw it was that. impressive. <laughs> um, but, they, but people, you can buy skins. You can buy little celebration dances and things like that. And that's how Epic Games has made their moolah. Right. Which is insane that they can make that much off of the free-to-play game. But they have. It worked out. So, Ian, where did some of those dances come from? They weren't just made up by the developers. They modeled them after famous dances. Mm-hmm. Uh, rappers dancing, uh, people on TV, the, the actor on, on Scrubs. Uh, I used to watch Scrubs a lot. Scrubs was like really hot like 12 years ago. From yeah, a couple, couple sure years, was. Wasn't it? Um, but now they're getting sued by a few different people. One of them is Alfonso Ribeiro, who played Carlton on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, <laughs> uh, Carlton. Because the Carlton dance is in Fortnite. And it's the Carlton dance. So um, I'm not surprised it's, it's come to this in terms of, of lawsuits. Um, it's also an NBA 2K as well. So it's a double is dipper. It? It's a double dipper lawsuit, Ian. Oh, he's suing NBA 2K as well? well that's, I think it's, uh, is he doing both? Oh, yeah. He filed a lawsuit against the creators of, of the NBA 2K series as well. Okay, get then. Mo- get that money, Alfonso. Is that, who, who, who does uh, NBA 2K? Uh, that's Sega. That's Sega? Or, yeah, that's Sega. Uh, 2K. It's 2K. I was going to say it's 2K. I don't think Sega 2, is... 2K, <laughs> 2, 2K started as a Sega yeah. property. Uh, 2K is the same people that, that own Rockstar, isn't it, at this point? I don't think so. 2K? All right, anyway. no, that's take two. That's take two. Sorry. All right. Um, so, okay. He's they, he's suing them for allegedly stealing the signature Carlton dance that he did. He, he first did it in a Christmas episode. Um... So, Ribeiro alleges the company is using and selling the dance under the under the fresh emote. Come on. Which is like... <laughs> come on. Yeah. Come on. You're killing me here. If you're going to... Leave, the, the, according to this article, it says if you're going to steal, at least be a little more creative. Yeah. yeah it became available for, for purchase January 2nd, earlier this year. Uh, he claims he's in the process of copywriting the dance right now. So, you can... I looked this up. I was looking at uh, copyright law a little bit uh, yesterday, and that's how I prepped for the podcast, Ian. Um, so, you can copyright choreographed dances you can't you can't copyright like common uh movements in dance or like it's like stamping your feet or like uh tribal or or like classic dances you can't okay. do that you can't you can't copyright uh, athletic moves or something like swinging a baseball bat or you know what i mean or a yoga pose you can't do that okay. but for something very specific that you have shown to exist in a medium before like on a tv show for example like this or in a music video you can technically copyright it. Interesting. You can. So the argument is this, is that does he own the copyright to this? So I've seen people say, well, he didn't originate that uh, dance. Uh, white people have been dancing dorky like that, like Bruce Springsteen and Dancing in the Dark. were kind of doing that dance. True. But the way copyright r- works is you don't have to be the first one to do it. You don't have to just show that I'm the one, uh, one that either popularized it then protected it. Okay. So... If someone copy, if someone went and copyrighted it and used it more, say for example, Devil uh, Devil Dogs, this is just trademark though, not copyright. Say someone else was using uh, the the word Devil Dog in some way before, right? If they didn't bother to copyright it or show that they were using it and, and protecting it, uh, Drake's can come in and just do it and just and say we're using it. This is really awesome. So Devil Dog could have been. 
a hot dog stand could have been making a spicy hot Called dog devil and dog. calling it a devil dog. doesn't matter if, if Drake's actually protected it and went out and did it. So uh, Alfonso didn't copyright this officially before, but if he can show that people uh, know it because of him and are using it and they named it Fresh, he has some claim probably to this, but I've never seen this in a lawsuit before. So I don't know if there's precedence when it comes to this sort of copyright, especially in a video game. So he's all. So Epic is also. This is okay. This is what the lawsuit says. It is widely recognized that Mr. Ribeiro's likeness and intellectual property have been misappropriated by Epic Games in the most popular video game currently in the world, in the world Fortnite. Epic has earned record profits off of downloadable content in the game, including emotes like Fresh. Yet Epic has failed to compensate or even ask permission from Mr. Ribeiro for use of his likeness and iconic intellectual property. It comes down to this. Uh, they, well, they can't argue fair use because they're making money off it. Right. But they're going to probably say it's not copyrighted. If that's the case, and they named it Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, it's the exact movement. So I was going to say, by naming it Fresh, you're already you're kind already of saying acknowledging. That you're acknowledging that it came from somewhere else. So this is going to be interesting. I, I think the kid that did the floss dance originally with uh, Katy Perry is also suing. Oh, really? As well. All I'm going to say is this: if that eliminates me from seeing the floss dance for a while, I'm fine with that. Just <laughs> I don't, I don't know what dance that is. That's the arms going. You, you go back and forth. Oh, you see little kids doing it yeah, all the time now. Yeah. I, I'm trying to do it by my chair. I probably can't do it. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, you know what it means. You see kids doing it in yeah. video stuff. So they're going to have to probably settle this. But if they settle this, oh, um, uh, Block Boy, Block Boy <laughs> JB accused Fortnite of co-opting his shoot dance earlier this year. I'm not even sure what that one is, but it sounds like allegedly they're picking up dances that people might have known about before obviously and then they're selling them and then so now people are like what the fuck is this so but this is going to open a pandora's box if this is successful they're gonna have to compensate all those other uh, people like uh, the actor from scrubs what's his name scrubs because that one is exactly the same too if you see the scrubs uh dance that's even more complex than uh, uh this one oh uh, it's the po- it's, it's the poison dance that's right so he's gonna probably follow follow uh afterwards the Turk dance. Turk, that's his name. Turk. I kind of forget that. I used to love uh, watching that. So I don't know. Any, th- any more thoughts on this, Ian? No. None at all? None. It's just... It's I think it's, it's a, a weird place we're in right I now. I like copyright stuff. Uh, when this stuff comes up, it'd be interesting to see how they argue. How, how Epic argues that we didn't get it from them and he doesn't own the copyright, even though we're acknowledging it with the name and it's exactly the same. It's right. It's like they did motion capture off of like watching Fresh Prince of, of uh, Bel-Air. So... Anyway, all right. Let's uh, let's see what's next here, Ian. We're gonna crank that soldier boy. Um, we have a, a we, this is this is this could be the, the scumbag seller of the, the year, year, potentially, potentially. Year. But now it's just a scumbag seller of the week. Eek. We should do a scumbag seller of the week year in review next year, or we should go back over the all. Oh yeah, we could do we, that. That there's be probably fun. been about fifteen to twenty this year. So, soldier boy. Um, he was hot for like about a, a minute and a half in like 2006, seven or so, right? Yeah, thereabouts. What was his big song? Uh, I, I don't remember, but the, he, <laughs> no, was, he was doing that's... the Superman. Uh, that was that was the dance. Superman doing the Superman. Um, Soldier Boy uh, came out and announced that he was going to be uh, releasing two video game consoles. The Soldier Game console. On Twitter, right? Yep. And the Soldier Game handheld. I'm excited. We, we need more... We need more... 
consoles in the market. We need more consoles in the market. We definitely need more vanity consoles. Oh on yes, the market. we're doing the CU console yeah, next year. Next year, we're doing it. Um, it's going to be on the up and up and totally legal. Um, they're not actually his. Uh, they're not actual. I, I he's not kickstarting his own console. No, I he's not. He's, he's not getting investors just to design a console like the Amico from the ground up. I, I hesitate to call these consoles. Okay, they are. I'm uh, excited. They're ROM boxes, essentially. Um, they are basically uh, Alibaba uh, ROM boxes. As a matter of fact, you can find um, what he's going to be selling on Amazon right now. Okay, uh, the handheld one is right here. Uh, sixty bucks, and I know I've seen it cheaper. I've seen it for as cheap as forty. Well, that sounds reasonable. It's, it's, it looks like kind of like a <coughs> like a DS sort of look. It looks like uh, the bottom of a DS. Sure. Um, he's going to be selling it for a hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. Well, hold on a second. He, he's it's 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 uh you can buy on Amazon for sixty dollars. Sixty, and I found it for cheaper. Um, but you can uh, but he'll be selling it for a hundred as the Soldier game handheld so he must have his own games on there or no. or it, it, oh no it's it's a different design no it's uh pre-installed 3000 classic games inside i'm reading this verbatim uh from the generic page on amazon and amazon includes arcade retro games logic and math sports puzzle arcade shooting action racing fighting strategy adventure card and more support tf card expand 232g you can download games with related format on TF card. Support. Get ready. This is an Amazon's choice, by the way. I wonder if they know that <clears throat> this is a, a pirate console that they're selling with, with illegal games on it. Support Neo Geo, GBA, GBC, Game Boy, <laughs> Game Gear, NES, Sega, Super Famicom, Sega Master System, Game, uh, game, um, game Format. Can connect to TV to play. So... What these things are is they are just pirate systems loaded with illegal ROMs. They come from probably China. Yeah. You probably buy them by the boatload on AliExpress. Yep. Three and a half stars, according to a certain Amazon website. And um, It's not terrible. It's not great. So By Anbernick. Yep. That's the, that's the company. And the... So that's the handheld console? <laughs> that's the handheld one. Now, okay. the um, actual console one, if I can pull it up here, <clears throat> is... Uh, you might want to look for one. Um, the Soldier Game console. Is oh. it the one on Amazon for $89.99? Uh, does it look like an Xbox One? It's turned it vertically? Yeah. With two awful-looking <clears throat> controllers? Is yep. that it? Yep, okay. that's it. Okay. So that's the Soldier Game console. So it's an HD retro game console? Yeah. It probably has the same games pre-installed. Oh, uh, no, it it's has different. It 800 games. It has <clears throat> PS1 games on it. Uh-huh. CPS arcade games. Yeah. Okay. And from what I, from what someone said, 4K HDMI output play. Sure. And I great. think it has. I think someone mentioned it has Mighty Number no. Nine on it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So so it's ninety dollars on Amazon. What's the Soldier Boy cost? One fifty, and that's okay. that's that's a pre order on sale from a two hundred dollar price point. I so, think I think he's saying that the handheld is one hundred dollars on sale from one fifty. The Soldier Game Console is one fifty on sale from two hundred. Again, this is stuff you can buy elsewhere, and it's not branded. There's no stickers on it. Uh, it's not engraved. So we're gonna get into that. Okay. <clears throat> so you've done your research. So this is great. Soldier Boy. Um, if we go to, I believe it's SoldierTech.com. Soldier. 
keep in mind, this is not a guy in, from video games. This is a guy that that no, ha- no, was, no is a on. one is a one hit wonder. No, no, hold on, that's not it. Let me see, soldier, Bo- soldier. Oh, soldier watch. So, there is a soldier check. Yeah, there is. Uh, soldierwatch.com. <clears throat> Here we go. Go to soldierwatch.com, and you will be taken to. An entire oh wow now he's gone even crazier. There's a soldier game fuse. This is like three hundred and ninety nine dollars. What's on this? So Soldier Boy's entire library of his, his entire current scheme is that he finds fucking bullshit cheap tech on sites like Alibaba, buys it. There's a Game Boy looking fucking yeah. one. He buys it and then he buys it wholesale, says it's his, and then sells it on his website, Soldier Watch, and for inflated prices, and says that they're his. And uh, apparently, some what the people hell is buy it? them. This is four hundred dollars. What the hell's on this? So this is so the um, Soldier Soldier Game Fuse. This is this is new, guys. I think we're we're really into something here. Soldier. The brand name is Soldier Tech Times. Sea Dragon? What what does this even do? It doesn't really even say. Oh, that's got Mighty Number no. 9 on it. It probably has the Android same. Android Cactus. This is like. Ubisoft's a global <clears throat> partner? Is it an Android box? What the fuck I is think, this? I think so. It's got a bunch of indie games, but yeah, it's like. Uh, There's Sold no- Android Cactus, Robbie Reby, Forced, Mighty Number no. 9. When you click on it, it doesn't tell you anything about it. Nope. It just says content partners, 200 plus, and there's a list of like 12 of them. Kohei Tecmo. Okay, what so the fuck is this? That's weird. It's a fuse. I'm not sure what a fuse is. We'd have to look up what a fuse is, but he's just calling it his fuse. I searched for the model number on, on a Bing's on this one, not Google. It's AliExpress. Okay, I found it. You can buy it on AliExpress. Uh, one of them you can buy for $320 on AliExpress. Okay. So he's, he's charging how much for this? 400 400 on, on sale, sale from, from 640. 640 So he's making $80 off of something. He might be drop shipping these even. He yeah. might not even have... He probably doesn't have these in stock. Oh, yeah. He's probably drop shipping all this crap. Oh, yeah. Soldier Boy does have people mailing these out. You put it in order, he just drop ships from, from, from somewhere else to do it, to fulfill them. Yeah. Now, I almost guarantee you he's doing that. So there's no risk to him at all. So He's a middleman for products that aren't his... And he's doing no work at all. Yep. So he it started what a with so it's soldierwatch.com. It started with the Soldier Watch, which is a twenty dollar smartwatch, smartwatch of some sort, uh, forty nine ninety nine. That's that was the price. Uh, the sale price is nineteen ninety nine. Since he's announced the Soldier Game console, we have the Soldier Game Fuse, which we just talked about. He's added a retro Soldier Boy Mini. Which is a little Game Boy looking thing that takes an SD card. He has Soldier Pods, which are uh, wireless ear pods. Earbuds. Uh, he has the Soldier Game handheld. Oh, which has now jumped up to one thirteen fifty eight. You missed your opportunity to get that on sale for ninety nine oh, ninety nine. Soldier Game console for two hundred and eleven. With it looks like an Xbox One, but comes with two PS two controllers. <laughs> Well, now you know why he doesn't have any marketing on the website for the Fuse. Because it's in broken English on AliExpress, and you can't follow it. 
so it looks like, like there's, there's like a cart game that's not Mario Kart being shown. Then abundant games play anytime. The introduction of Paragraph, seventy six games, starting twenty games shock. Oh boy. So in those twenty games, there is a Mighty Number no. Nine. So I wonder if the, they got the license for these are all indie games. Um, looks like most of them. Uh, Z Boys, Boys. I don't know what these games. Blaze Rush. These aren't games I've heard of. Right here. So it, there's a. It looks like yeah. It's 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 you're gonna be able to probably uh, go on the internet. Uh, maybe stream from it directly. I don't know. It's an Android box. It looks like that's exactly what this is. So this you game can, console. You can get a Soldier Phone HT70. You want to look up a phone with an HT70? Wireless. The controller has a Fuse logo on it. Uh, three hundred sixty-seven senior players testing, and then wireless control. Get rid of the shackles of the thread. That's that's the marketing oh, material boy. for this. Smart design unite the many crystal technology. Brand name Soldier Phone by HomTom. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Soldier Boy, I guess. Again, I, he doesn't have probably a, a a great music career at this point. I haven't heard of him in, since two thousand seven or eight. Uh, he had a dance. It probably was on early YouTube. People doing his dance, and he's also, I think, trying to start start an esports league. Um, I read possibly. And this was on um, this was on Twitter. Uh, it was brought to my attention um, by my friend Daria. I just saw it while scrolling through. Uh-huh. Uh, whatever, it was a tweet. But basically, um, Soldier Boy is excited because while things are moving fast, I may have a shop in California to sell soldier game consoles and soldier watches in the near future. Now, sure, if you want to sell your unbranded crap as uh, soldier stuff, you can do that, but selling those consoles, you're drawing a lot of attention to the fact that you're selling ROM boxes yes. as a quote-unquote legitimate enterprise. And we'll get into later why that's bad, especially if you're in California. Yeah. Uh, coming soon to, away. A, to a courtroom near you. Yeah. No, I'm not going to talk about it right now. Oh, okay. We'll get to it later. But, um, yeah, you're a celebrity doing this now. Right. So websites are writing about you. Right. This isn't like some asshole scumbag sell the week on eBay where no one knows who they are to bring attention. <laughs> People know who you are. You know, Tom Hanks can't go out and start, you know, selling uh, flashcards, you know, with games on them. People would find out really quickly about that. Yep. Aloysius Bumquist can go in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Harry Potter character. Speaking of Harry Potter. I, was, I was just trying to think of a name that couldn't possibly be real. Um, or, you know, they, they that a random person can go and pop up a stall in the mall. And these are apparently happening again. Um, oh, yes. Where you can sell like these. People are selling uh, pirated, the, the fake NES classics with game built in at the mall. This yeah. is like 2003 again. But. Selling the fake Famicoms. Point being, someone like that can do that and maybe get away with it and maybe actually get busted. Well, but, the company but, got busted eventually. Well, yes. I'm, but I'm saying, you know, if you're that person, you're still taking a risk. Yes. To be a celebrity and to be so brazen about it, you're asking for trouble. Yes. I I And Nintendo's been very litigious lately because I think of their online services, uh, the Love Romp uh, stuff we saw. Um and there's something else coming up. So this is probably like, oh, this is easy for us. Because once we go after a big dog like this, we might scare away other people. Right. 
you know, that doing this out of their, out of their, out of their basement. We can't go after everyone. But we'll go after some some of the heavy hitters that are doing it. And, sure. And it, it, and it's not working. It doesn't seem like it's working well for him because not e- like when you go through the comments, not even the people who seem to be his fans are like, and they're like, oh, this is a real miss, dude. Like, he's not. According to Wikipedia, DeAndre Cortez Way, known professionally as Soldier Boy, tell him. Soldier Boy, tell him is his full name, um, is worth $30 million. I don't know if that's true or not. My feeling is if he's worth $30 million, he wouldn't be into this fucking shit. This seems like an act of desperation to me. Yeah. Like, if you have $30 million, why would you put yourself at risk doing something this... Not just... Even if this was legal, this is beneath you to do. Yeah. At least to me. You know. But this is why we're going to do the CU console. Yep. Next year. If Soldier Boy can do it, we can too. All right. Um, Ian, we don't talk about uh, arena gaming that much and esports but this is an interesting topic just because i know we talked about heroes of the storm at least once with uh i think uh heroes of the dorm yeah yes espn did it it was uh college teams there was money put out and this was um this was uh basically a game created from scratch just to capitalize on the growing esports market and to basically say we want competitive people to get into this and we want to push it. I mean, that's basically how this, how Blizzard started this. Mm-hmm. This is a game that came out only a few years ago. It's only been a few years. 2015, I think you said? Yeah. Because I thought it was older than that and I was surprised. At least maybe that, that was a full release. So, so there, there's been uh, competitive players, people making money off this. There's been tournaments. And now Blizzard says, hey, guess what, guys? Tournaments are going away and this game's going to stop being supported pretty damn soon. A little over three years into it. Um, so, yeah. So the staff's going to be moved on to other internal projects. Blizzard said in a blog post, uh, no word on how many people we left working on the MOBA. It's a MOBA. Yeah. It's multiplayer online battle arena. arena. Woo, yes. I know that. Woo. So um, I never got into these games. I can't follow them when they're broadcast. There's so much. I don't know how people even brought. There's so much shit going on. I don't know how you even follow them play by play. I mean, you got to know the teams and people are attacking each other and the bases and power to them. But yeah, I can't. Follow I can't follow it. it. I just I, that's how I know them. Oh, I can even follow uh, people going back and forth on when they're first person shooters are the worst thing to broadcast. They're constantly switching yeah. back where you can't tell who's controlling what. I at least kind of follow that. Then again, um, there's a lot of people who can't follow multiplayer Smash. So I mean, to each their own. But yeah. sure. But this is to me, I can't follow. It. Maybe if I knew more about the games. So uh, Blizzard said in a statement by their new boss and. Uh, Signed by their new boss and creative chief as well. We have we now have more live games and unannounced projects than at any other point in the company's history. We're also at a point where we need to take some of our talented developers and bring their skills to other projects. As a result, we made a decision to shift some developers from Heroes of the Storm to other teams. And we're excited to see the passion, knowledge, and experience, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, this isn't the first time we're going to make tough choices like this. Games like Diablo 2, World of Warcraft, StarCraft 2, Overwatch, and more uh, would not exist had we made similar decisions in the past. Okay. So obviously this is not doing well for them. Right. If they're going to say, we're done with this. Um, so, I don't know how big the MOBA scene is right now. It probably isn't as hot as it was a few years ago. That's what my feeling is on this. I don't follow this stuff, though. I don't I don't follow it either. But, I mean, the two that I know of are League of Legends, that's, which that's apparently big. seems like it's still doing fairly well. I know that a character was released recently, and people... I, I saw nothing but stuff about that character on my timeline for a while. And then there was Heroes of the Storm. Um... It's a bummer, though, I mean, for the people who play it, because, um, you know, the people who got actively into it and played it as an eSport, uh, you know, they were making money on it. 
Excuse me. There's also uh, uh, was in Dota one. Yeah, Dota. I, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. That. I don't know anything more than that. Right. I, I can identify what these games look like. That's for sure. <laughs> um, it's. I think this is. In uh, this is a, a cautionary tale, though, or, or uh, something that's worth talking about overall for the state of esports and. I don't know, maybe not putting all of your eggs in one basket. Um, because when this goes away, for the people who are very good at these games, that's a that's a, that's a huge revenue stream the that money drives going. up. And it's unfortunate that, you know, it happens so quickly. I mean, all Blizzard did was go, oh, well, we're not making any money off of this. And they drop it. And that leaves a lot of fans, a lot of players just gone. Um, I mean, it's, it's, an in, it, it, it's an industry that... Is immediately gone overnight. Not just the the players, but the uh, promotions, the advertisers, all that stuff. Everything that's involved sure. in it is is gone. The announcers potentially, right? Like do other mobas, and um, it's not it's not like other things where they can easily. I don't know if they can easily take that skill set and go find something else to do. Well, with it. It, within the same genre, you would hope that the skills could translate over, but maybe they're so specialized on this game the past few years that they can't just switch over. Right. Maybe it's like fighting games where I might be good at Tekken. doesn't mean I'm good at Mortal Kombat necessarily. Well, I, I, I've seen a lot of good players of fighting games be able to go from one fighting game to another to another, so I think that's probably... I, I don't know that that's an with, apt with, comparison. With everyone, though? or, or... There's, there's a good handful. Good handful. Okay. Yeah. I, I think fighting games are something where... Because of the timing, because of frame counting, because of the same basic skills, I feel like you... That is... But it's not a guarantee, though. That's what I'm trying to say. No, but fighting games have been around forever. Mm -hmm. Games like Heroes of the Storm, these MOBAs, have not. And what I'm afraid of is, like, with all of these new styles of games that are coming around, for instance, Battle Royale games, this is where I'm saying... These things, first-person shooters have always been around, and they show no signs of going away. Fighting games have always been around. They show no signs of going away. There are inherent skills to both first-person shooters and fighting games that people can take from one to the next. Well, this is why I was, well, this is why I was asking how popular this genre is, because fighting games are I very don't think popular. It, I don't, shooters are never going to go away. I don't know that if, MOBAs are that popular. If they can support multiple games... You know what I mean? Like when, you, like like Evo, it's all the fighting games that are popular, right? In theory, I don't know if there's going to be events where it'll be like every single MOBA that can be played versus individual MOBA games, right? You know I mean, that, that's the difference. So, I, once again, my head's not clear enough with being sick to formulate. But I said this. Properly. But this is what I saw from tweets. I saw yeah. professional Heroes of Storm players say, "Well, well, this is my this is how I make money. Hopefully, I can bounce back and find another game to play." Right. I've I've seen those tweets. So. Now, this is why, to me, esports is so precarious if you're going to do it competitively because the rug can be pulled out from you any time. Yes. And it's, you're not necessarily going to be able to make the transition. If you want to argue that if you're, if you're a great fighting game player, you can, you can bounce back, maybe that doesn't translate to this. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't, yeah. they, they, they're not necessarily going to be able to find something else. And this is a concern with something like Battle Royale. Yes, there's shooter mechanics in it, but I feel like Battle Royale also has some other stuff to it that doesn't necessarily... Battle Royale is as much about waiting. It's different than, a, than Call of Duty or, or something than, like that. Than, uh, yeah. You know, so what if what if in three months or three years time, everyone's done with ba a Battle Royale and 
yeah. boom, it's gone. It's not like you're going to be the same thing. Like, yeah. how much time and effort do you put into this? To get to the point, point to be competitive. To, the, to get to the point where you're competitive, just to maybe see that all go away in a year. I don't know. It's it's, it's frightening. Especially with, like, I, what you're trying to say, I think, and what I'm trying to get out is with these new sort of more experimental game styles that may not be around forever. Yeah, people people will get rid of some of these genres eventually. They'll diminish, and it sounds like this was not a successful game for Blizzard. They try to pop, they try to capitalize on it. Maybe when it was more popular a few years ago. I don't hear much news on this stuff. But again, I don't follow it. But um, one person tweeted, "Heroes of the Storm made me build a gaming PC. They opened the floodgates for my involvement in esports. Made me rethink so many parts of my life and look for taking steps to be in that world. This hurts." I, I that hope. Was a tweet. I hope uh, these people. Um, Someone said this is a this is a competitive player. Yep, this is a competitor on Team Liquid, um, and he's a streamer. It says goodbye, heroes of the storm, and good night, friends. We'll try to get some sleep. I will let you guys know the next few days what my plans are, and I hope you keep supporting me as you did until now. My path in esports does not end here. So these are people that based their whole life on a fledgling game that was built just to be a competitive game. Right. Money was thrown at it. It was on ESPN, and now it's gone. Now you have to recover. It's it's as if there was a a pro league that yeah there was if there was a the XFL came up and then people tried to get into it and it was gone and some of those people transitioned to the NFL ninety eight percent of them didn't you know but then again that was a football game that was transferable the skills right this so, is it's hard to make a comparison here yeah. because this is so unique um, my hope is that I think one of the things that we're missing here that's that's big is. These people could take the game as it is and continue competing, but with Blizzard having dropped it... There's no money. There's no money. Blizzard's completely sucked all the the lifeblood yeah. out of Unless it. Unless the game is so popular on its own that they, people know they're going to tune in, they're going to get sponsored dollars. It's all about the sponsor dollars for, for, for these competitions. Right. The same thing with like tennis. You need... People need to be, okay, we're going to get eyes on our product, so I'm putting the, the prize money in. That's what this all comes down to. And if it's not a popular game, there's no eyes on it, there's no money, there's no players. It's a downward spiral. This is done. A year from now, no one will be playing this. You know, at least competitively. There'd just be no, no, no way to do it. Right. Unless you're going to do some sort of like one-off league <laughs> or, or, or Blizzard throws you a bone at the next BlizzCon. You know what I mean? They'll do that. All right, Ian, this is sad news in superhero land. So, it was bad enough that Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage get canceled. Most likely, Jessica Jones is going to follow suit and then punish her. Jessica Jones, I think season three is supposed to come out uh, next year. I think they already pre-announced it or pre-produced it, I guess. I don't know why at this point. Uh, And then Punisher season two comes out in January. So, the bad news about this is that when when you first heard about it, you didn't know, okay, what's the big deal about this? First of all, it has been confirmed that this this is Netflix doing that Disney was shocked that this happened. Right. We all thought going in that, <clears throat> okay, this sucks, but maybe it's because Disney's got their streaming network coming out. Sure. Maybe we're just going to see them come back relatively quickly on a new service. Nope. Because this is why. Um, according to Variety got the scoop on this. Variety getting the scoop in Hollywood with our little scoop hats and right on notepads talking about behind the scenes. Uh Sources tell Variety that the deal for the original four uh, Marvel shows, now five, you include Punisher, includes a clause that prevents the characters from appearing in any non-Netflix series or film for at least two years after cancellation. You will not see Daredevil in any 
way, shape, or form for two years from now, unfortunately. Awful. Yeah. So. End of 2020 you're looking at. Holy shit. 2020. I thought it was weird when we got 2000. 2020. When robots are taking over the world, that's when you can watch Daredevil and Luke Cage again. I mean, I'm not so sad about the Iron Fist, but. Uh, Either way, though, it, yeah, that means you came in cameo in a fucking movie. <laughs> That's um, it's like every time we seem to get the the, the cohesion, the Marvel universe to the puddings, the puddings getting made. Yeah, Fantastic Four and X Men are coming back uh, in, in next year. It you breaks. Know? It separates. It breaks. <clears throat> it breaks. I mean, it's going to come back, but two years. It, you ruined the Caesar dressing. Luke Cage ended on a cliffhanger. Basically, did you see Luke Cage season two? Nah. It was very good. It ended, ended on a cliffhanger. Like you need Daredevil season three, I would argue was was better than season one and two. If you've seen it yet, not yet. You can make the argument. I'm not saying that's just my opinion. I, I love season three so much. Everyone else seemed to. And now the problem is, is in two years, are you going to even still have the same actors around? Yeah, you can, is, they, is anyone going to be? You would hope they could have attached to the project. They could have uh, Charlie Cox have another TV show. Won't be able to do it. He can. Uh, he loves the character though. Yeah, he embodies the character. I mean, it's one of the most faithful uh, portrayals of a superhero ca- character of any of the Marvel ones that we've seen in the MCU. Can they? Um, can they film? I would think that I have to see the contract, but maybe it's one of those things. I would hope it's not that they can't start filming or production. Maybe, hopefully, it's a sort of thing where they have come out at then. Otherwise, it's going to be three years, not two. You know right. what I mean? Or, or two and a half years. You can put a TV show together. You can pre-write it, obviously, but maybe it's one of the behind the scenes. I mean, we know that they had that, the X-Men scripts probably ready to fucking go. They're like, yeah. they, they, they're, they're on this, but it's a bummer, though, because they had all that momentum going the past few years with this. Yeah. So. And it's a real shame to see that, you know, <clears throat> it, I think, yeah, that the, 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 the thing that we all had our fingers crossed on was that it was just going to be a, you know, a Disney sort of thing and that it was going to be taken care of rather quickly. And that's not the case whatsoever. So that's a bummer. What we've got a season of Jessica oh. Jones left to go. Punisher doesn't fall into the original deal. So we don't know what's going on with that. Oh, really? Yeah. So that, cause that wasn't, that wasn't remember they did, but they did. Punisher was added after. Yeah. That only came out a year ago. Yeah. Punisher. Remember this is all stuff going back. This was like 2014 or so when they announced this stuff, this was a while or 13, 13. I was going to say probably this, even longer. Ago. They announced it up front that they were doing defenders almost the same time or right after when this is, wow, this could be, this could be even right after when Disney bought uh, uh Marvel. Like this is like a long time coming. I want to see when the original announcement was, if you want to add anything else. Let's see. No, I've kind of exhausted it. Well, I was going to say that <clears throat> there's one more season of Jessica Jones to come out, right? And that's, that's it. what they said. So I'm not sure why would they not cancel that? If they're canceling everything else. Netflix. So maybe it's already in the can. Netflix. I mean, geez, this is like one of your biggest shows. These these set. These are your biggest shows. I, I just don't get it. It's it's almost it's almost like well, uh, sour I, grapes. I know that they had like a spite, cut off your nose, spite your face sort of deal. It, it could possibly be that. Um, I know that there was a slump for all of those in the season two. For, well, for, I know that Jessica Jones and Daredevil had a slump for their season I liked, two. I, I like Daredevil season two. Jessica Jones season two I haven't watched. I enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> and I know that Iron Fist hurt them. But from what I understood, the season, the, the, the follow-up seasons, the season threes and the season um, twos for, you know, uh, Luke Cage and stuff were fine. So I think all around... 
the reaction to the shows was still overly more or less positive. Sure. So yeah, who knows? I thought something was weird when they didn't pick up uh, Peggy Carter or Agent Carter. I thought that was weird when Netflix didn't do that. Yeah. Because that to me was a no-brainer. It was a limited series, like six episodes in season uh, one and two or six or seven. So that to me seemed like that would have been a natural fit. When they didn't do that, I thought that was strange. And now we kind of know why. They, they wanted to wash their hands of this Netflix. Sure. Maybe it's too expensive versus the amount of eyeballs. I See, I don't know. You don't know like how Netflix judges the money they put into buying something. They buy up everything and they have so many original stuff versus the eyeballs on it. I don't know how they do that. I do know this. Netflix is moving more and more towards original programming because it's become so much more obscenely expensive to license um, these TV shows. They spent $25 million for Friends to get it back right. for a few years. So they have it's going to be cheaper for them long term to do their own shows and keep them forever. But for some reason, in this case, they're not doing that. When they should, because superheroes are, are popular. I just, I just don't get it. So... It seems like yeah. it seems like a spiteful sort of deal. Oh, you're doing your your own streaming service? Oh, great! You don't get these popular characters for a couple of years. Just fucking shitty. Really shitty. We'll see you in 2020, hopefully. In my youth, in my days, and even now, it was always difficult to find a gift for my uncle, my grandfather, my dad. Um, but now there's a good solution. It's a mm. great solution. It's Harry's. Ah, yes. Harry's, they do great shavers. They have gift packages. They have shave sets on the website. Box. Look at this box, ready to go right here. So, your dad doesn't need another tie. He stopped wearing ties 20 years ago. He doesn't need more socks. How many socks? They don't wear out, wear out that easily. But hair grows every day in your face. So, you want a nice shaver. That's for sure. Harry's, Ian. Harry's makes long-lasting quality products at a super reasonable price, Ian. 4.5 out of 5 star rating on, on Trustpilot. Look at these German engineer blades right here. Right there. It's only $2 a piece. As low as $2 a piece for the, for this right here, for these blades. You can get personal engraving on your Harry's nice. uh, shaver. It's ready to gift. It's in a handsome gift box, as you see right here. This gift box also has uh, eucalyptus shave cream. It's nice. It's right there. And it has a little travel, little travel guy right there. Um, yeah, this is and it has replacement blades. So, uh, so. there's a special offer going on right now, right? Yep. As a special offer for fans of the show, we've partnered with Harry's ah. to give you five dollars off any shave set, including our limited edition holiday sets, when you go to Harry's.com/cupodcast. This offer is for new and returning customers. Whoa, that's nice, and is only available for the holidays. Each Harry's shaving set comes with ergonomic weighted handle with an option to engrave. German-engineered five-blade cartridges that provide a close, comfortable shave, foaming shave gel for a uh -huh. rich lather, a travel cover to protect your blades, uh -huh. a handsome holiday gift box, or if you're just wanting something for yourself, redeem a Harry's trial offer to experience the quality of shave before committing. Shipping cutoffs end this week, so act now. Go act to now. Go to harrys.com slash podcast right now to get five off any shave set while supplies last. That's harrys.com slash podcast. Get your, get your order in today. FlexPro Meals is a meal delivery company that sends healthy pre-made meals to your doorstep. The goal isn't to give you salad, but epic recipe entrees that you may have grown up on. Delicious. Yep. Game day chili. Very good. Jeez. Oh, 
Uh, but they're healthier versions. Eating healthy is a lifestyle change, not a two-week gimmick. So it's their responsibility to go the extra mile. They will give their customers the most value with realistic meal options at a good price. The value. They do smaller weight loss fat trimmer portions for about eight fifty a meal, and then they do lean muscle larger portions, and we do mean these are large portions yeah. for about eleven dollars a meal. I was and this getting... isn't like frozen food quality. This is good quality stuff. Yeah, they they, they make this if all the all the ingredients are right on the package and it's uh, there's not preservatives or things that you can't no. pronounce on there. It's easy. It's like ground beef, chicken stock. Pasta, gnocchi, yeah. vegetables. Oh, that, it's it's that, very that easy. That burger gnocchi. That burger. Oh, my God. I, with the little bacon thrown in there, I can yeah. eat that every that meal if I had is, to. That uh, stuff is very easy. And so, then, did you have the uh, the deep dish uh, breakfast, breakfast pizza? pizza? That's Actually, I finished one of those the, yesterday. They, so so it's they're like little egg soufflés. With, with potatoes inside, but the egg souffles have like meat in it. It has like little like like Canadian bacon or something in there, or something spicy, some meat that's spicy. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's that, really good. It's like peppers and sausage, and and uh, it comes really with hash browns. So uh, it, it's it's great stuff. Um, you Steak and tell, potatoes is good. You can tell oh. it's made with. Uh, it, it's actually oh. made with care. The uh, the the menus rotate. Um, and yeah, like I said, we I personally do the uh, smaller portions, and it's still. Enough. Um, these things are packed with protein too, even on oh, the yeah. smaller and larger portions. You're getting at least 25 to 40 grams of protein per. So, um, for 20% off on your first order, use code CUPODCAST when you visit flexpromeals.com. 20% off with the code CUPODCAST at flexpromeals.com. Please give them a shot. Uh, we have a Patreon. Patreon uh, topic, Ian. Ian, how do you access the CU Podcast Patreon? You go to the www.patreon.com slash CU Podcast, and there you have it. And there you have it? And what, what do you get with that? You get uh, my writing. You get... Um, just about weekly? Just about weekly. You get access to uh, the Patreon uh, poll topic, um, where you get to vote every week on a topic that we will cover. Uh-huh. Uh, you can uh, get access to a uh, monthly Patreon hangout How with was yours? myself. Oh, it was fine. It was fine. It was, it was good. good. Yeah. Uh, so we had our we made it holiday themed. We decided to do that. We have been too negative here. The yeah. podcast police aren't going to call us out in this podcast. Probably. Well, no. Should I make little badges? Wee wee wee. All right. Uh, here's the poll. Here. This is episode one forty, by the way. Hmm. I thought we got to 100. I was like, wow. Okay. Oof. Okay. Tied for second and third place at 29% each. That means they both got to come back, even though it's not Christmas anymore. Best and worst holiday parties slash Christmas. Best and worst Christmas food. Number one, surprising to me. This is not and, surprising And this to me. is your fault. People love this stuff. Best and worst Christmas slash holiday music at 41%. Take it away, Ian. All right. So. I got to bring up a list of songs now. because I Okay. I feel like. Holiday Christmas music is, is... I feel like Christmas music is a fairly controversial topic. Really? Some people love the stuff. Some people can't stand it and can't wait till it gets off the radio. Um, I am not a huge fan of Christmas music. Uh, not because I'm a bah humbug, but because I worked in restaurants forever. I did catering forever. Gotcha. So you always heard it. Okay. I heard it constantly. So... Um, when I was doing, when when you do catering, especially, you always have all these hours of setup beforehand. But you're usually throwing music on. So like when 
people for the party you're setting up come in to like drop things off. You know, there's something on. It's not dead silent. And during the holiday season, it's always the Christmas music. So you just hear it over and over again. And there's only so much Christmas music you can hear. Um, so the general Christmas tunes have never been things that I've I've enjoyed. And I can deal with I can deal with the standards. I can deal with some of the standards, but I really can't stand and and when I put this poll up, Pat, I, it wasn't like you had to go through and pick out like your least favorite actual track, but like what what is it that you like enjoy? So for me, I can't stand the like specific like I can't stand like every year there's got to be some new celebrity Christmas album or there's got to be like the, is is it a vanity <clears throat> christmas song Ian? Oh, there's a lot of vanity christmas songs. But like I remember there was a glee christmas album that came out like I think it was like 3 or 4 years ago. It was or, terrible. And it was freaking miserable. And I had to hear that shit. Okay. Um and uh, I think there was a Backstreet Boys Christmas album and some of that. There stuff was a new kids play. one back in the nineties. There was definitely a new kids one. Um, I don't consider those like Christmas songs because those aren't replayed. No, but I mean it's just that's the sort of Christmas you know. music that I, I, I that that drives me nuts. And here's a list from from um, Huffington Post if you want to go through it in a bit. And I and I could do without um, I could do without like certain ones like um, maybe it's cold outside. I could do without. Um, I don't mind Baby is Cold Outside. I I, there's I a controversy do, about it this year, but... I, I've just never liked the track. I could do is, without... Is it a rapey <clears throat> song or not? No, it's really about sexual empowerment with women if you really listen to it. I could deal without... Uh, I could do without um, various renditions of Silent Night, Holy Night on the radio because it's just such a drastic change of pace in terms of um, like the other like poppy, popular sure. tunes that come up. Um in terms of like the uh, like jingle bell standards, rock. You like jingle bell rock. I do like jingle. I don't love it, but every time it comes on, I find myself kind of bopping around a little bit. I, li- I like it because it starts Lethal Weapon. Oh. Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie, by the way. <clears throat> no one ever makes that argument. Well, Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie, but it takes place around Christmas. R- written by Shane Black. All his movies take place around Christmas. I can do that one. I really Iron don't. Man 3. Little Drummer Boy. No. Can't do it. Don't like Little Drummer Boy. I like the traditional Christian Christmas songs more than you probably would imagine. I like some of them. I think First Noel is a beautiful song. Like It's a gorgeous song to actually sing and listen to. Noel is good. Beautiful um, song. But uh, my favorite... My my favorite single song, and then I'll get into the two... The only two Christmas albums you'll actually ever hear in my... Well, three in my house. Um, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Beautiful song. Gorgeous song. Um, but... I don't, I don't play Christmas music. I just don't. Like I said, I, I'm burned out on it. The two albums, uh, there's three albums that I like. Two that I still actually play. Um, uh, Vince Guaraldi Trio, uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Those are it's, fun. It's it's fantastic. It's it's jazzy. It's got some tracks in there that are not that have become Christmas tracks that weren't originally Christmas tracks, sure. like the Linus and Lucy theme. Um, the uh, the versions of O Tannenbaum and Hark the Herald Angels on that album are fantastic with the kids singing. I like the Mr. Mackey. Hark, hear the bells, sweet single bells. <laughs> all seem to say ding dong. Okay. They have a Christmas album, South Park. It's uh, last 20 years old. And the, a Pink Panther Christmas. Um, 
is a very weird album. I don't even know what that is. But it was a family tradition when I was growing up. And the best Christmas album ever is Oi to the World by the Vandals with such hits as um, It's Christmas Time for My Penis and Oi to the World. Real festive. It is. Uh, It's fantastic. uh, Do you like the album The Chipmunks Christmas song? No. I hate that one. This is the worst list. So I guess uh, Jillian Hall of WWE did one that was supposed to be really awful. I'll be home for Christmas. She claims that she was acting bad. William Hung did one. Uh, New Kids on the Block. Wham did one. Uh, Cindy Lauper did one uh, called Christmas Conga. I never heard of that. Uh, I never heard of Oh, these. God. No. Worse than any other Christmas. Do they know it's Christmas? Do they? Whatever that one is. I fucking hate that track. Do they even know it's Christmas? In the part of the world because they're starving? Fuck. I hate, God. Oh, the 80s one. God, yes. that's fucking awful. That's the worst. Anyways, continue. I forgot about that. That was like 87 or something. Holy shit. DMX did a Rudolph song. I think that's funny. How about the Beastie Boys Christmas song? You like that one? You like those? Or no? No. You don't like that? Rage's Philbin did one. White Christmas. Um, the, uh, Not King Cole classic album, obviously. Sure. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's just, the whole album's good. Bing Crosby. Uh, you like Bing Crosby? Little Bing. Little, little Bing? Little Bing. Little Bing thrown there. in that's there? That's fine. Uh, with, a, with, a warm, with, with whiskey warming you up on the inside. Yeah, that's a little, that's all right. Bing enjoyed the whiskey a little bit too. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah, a little too much. But Nat King. Uh, Nat King Cole, for sure. Um, yeah, I got to go back to, uh, oh, you know what's awful? Not, okay, not awful. I can get into a little bit, but it's actually not a good song. The McCartney Christmas song. From the early 70s? You don't remember that one? I know it. I know I don't but you don't like, like it. it. Yeah. Uh, bon Jovi had a song called Backdoor Santa. Wow! <laughs> Not going to touch that one there. Uh, Maroon 5 had one. Wow, there's a, a lot of people did one. Uh, Iggy Pop did one called White Christmas. All right. Bruce brings a new one. Oh, celebrate Christmas in Jersey. Gotta go down to the... <laughs> To the boardwalk. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll go back to the my favorites are the traditional ones. I like I like uh, Silver Bells a little bit. I don't like Twelve Days of Christmas at no, all. That's awful. It's awful. They made us sing this shit in grade school. That's the worst Silver song. Silver Bells is pretty decent. Silver Bells. Silver Bells. Silver Bells. See the ones that are like like just slow and just melodic. That's the ones I like. Yeah. Like Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle. No. I can't get into that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't like this. I don't like Santa Baby. No. See, Santa, Santa Baby, and it's cold outside. You don't like the crooning ones? Yeah, I don't like the crooning ones. It's the crooning I don't like. And, um, Is there a Sinatra Christmas album? There has to be. It's probably awesome. Rocking Around Sinatra. the Christmas Tree? No. Jingle no. Bell? Why, do I, why did I suddenly yeah, decide? Yeah, they're the same did, genre. Why did I suddenly decide that I would give a pass to Jingle Bell Rock this year? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like that song normally. <laughs> You're feeling more festive this year. I guess. There's got to be a there's got to be a Sinatra Christmas album. Frank doesn't like Sinatra somehow, which is really weird to me. I'm not huge on Sinatra. Oh, Sinatra's the best. Come Some on. of it, no. I guess I. I oh, he had else. a lot of Christmas. He had a whole album. Yeah, at least one whole album. Yeah, I, I, I'm not big on the crooning. Oh yeah, he had a good white uh, uh, white Christmas one. Sinatra, good version. Like one of the classic ones. <clears throat> You're yeah. right. That is See? a good one. See, like, I can make like, exceptions. Frankie Blue Eyes, come on. I can make exceptions. Um, leave anything out here before we move on from this? Uh, no, that was a good one. Uh, you know, it's it's good to talk about music on a podcast where we can't pipe in the music. It's great. 
Yeah. It's, very, it's very visual talking about music. Everyone, but... please listen to the Vandals <laughs> Christmas album. No, that's a uh, good one. See you podcast.com. I screwed it up for Christmas. There you go. I screwed it up finally. Patreon.com slash CU Podcast. It's a Christmas miracle. There is no CU Podcast.com. At least I don't think I registered it. Someone will get it. <laughs> All right. Q&A time on the CU Podcast. Ian's up. Pulling it up. Uh, Soldier Boy should have read this last week. Uh, this is from uh, Brian Mazarisi. Uh, Soldier Boy should have read this last week. Do you think the reaction from scums will be similar to what happened with the Love Roms lawsuit? What do we got here? Okay, so I guess uh, Nintendo is suing someone, uh, I believe, in California, according to this Nintendo uh, Life article. Nintendo Life's a good website. Uh, via Hollywood Reporter. That uh, Mikel Escula Dunak, woo, probably like Eastern European, has reportedly been selling modified services for the Switch. He's selling services allowing users to play unauthorized games. He's also been selling hacked NES Classic Minis preloaded with 800 pirated titles and selling them above the retail price, like everyone's been doing on eBay the past uh, couple of years. Right. So um, uh, Nintendo says, uh, yeah, you're uh, violating the Digital Millennium Copyright Act there. Good old uh, act. And so uh, Nintendo believes you, you Skaldenak and countless other currently unnamed defendants. Currently unnamed defendants. I love that. It's Christmas present. Uh, are encouraging users to infringe the company, which also makes them liable for contributory copyright infringement. That's what like sort of brought down Napster way back. They're going after Napster for allowing piracy to happen. You're not doing anything. You're encouraging it. Uh, adding to this are claims that the defendants are infringing and diluting trademarks. Yeah, if you're using it uh, to sell your fucking shit on Amazon, saying Super Mario Brothers and, uh, and Legend of Zelda, it's also trademark infringement because you're using the trademark in a legal way as well. It's a, it's a it's good two-for-one uh, lawsuit. Uh, attorney Kenneth Par- Parker said how defendants were providing users with instructions and, t- and tools to infringe in a manner that was least likely to be caught or arouse suspicion. Nintendo was asking the court to order an injunction barring defendants from continued distribution and sale of the technology. Long time coming, obviously. Right. This is uh, selling ROMs or the service to get ROMs once you're blatantly putting that in front street, I'm shocked Nintendo's took, taking this long to get here. But maybe in the past year or so, you know, they have a new lawyer team or new people saying we have to go after this. We should, especially since they have the Switch Online service. They're selling NES and Super Nintendo Classics. You know, it's just it's just they have to do this. They have to go after some of these people. So I'm hoping that there's more defendants to be named coming. I hope they go down the fucking list on eBay and then subpoena eBay <laughs> to get the personal information for the probably. You want to say there's probably 500 people that have sold this stuff on eBay? These uh, maybe a few hundred yeah. Super Nintendo. You know what I mean? I hope they subpoena eBay. But if, the, if you really read this, eBay is not out of the hot water because eBay doesn't do anything this to, to stamp this out, obviously. Right. So they're enabling this as well. <clears throat> do you think there's a chance that they could get in some hot shit over it? I don't know if Nintendo would want to actively sue something like eBay because they sell so much of their products to there. I don't know. Sure. But they could definitely subpoena eBay and be like, okay, eBay, we're not going to go after you, but you got to tell us how much money each of these people have yeah, made, spill the beans. where they are, when they sold this stuff, all their old listings, and eBay would have to comply. Right. They would have no choice to do that. Or Nintendo could say, well, we're going to go after you next. You know what I mean? Um, and actually, honestly, they're not making money off of eBay 
uh, sales Nintendo. That's besides like they're selling, uh, you know, refurbished stuff on Nintendo's shop. Nintendo doesn't probably make a lot of money off eBay anyway. I said they were selling some stuff, but but it's not. They're not selling like new consoles or anything. It's like oh, we have like a refurbished. I remember like they had refurbished Wii U's. They were yeah, selling they were in three DS. They were. I think getting I, rid of like a lot of basically yeah, I, like I think I, overstock. I think or, I think I got my overstock. They had a, <laughs> they had a three DS. They had some overstock they were selling, sure. either returns or something. I, I mean, you got like 30% off whatever I bought it. But um, no, this is great news. Uh, I hope they I hope they go after everyone, and then it'll, it'll stamp this out. And it's also then, it's a little late now for the NES Super Nintendo Classic, but if this if, if Nintendo went after this stuff years ago, there'd be less people scalping, because they, people wouldn't be buying them knowing that I, they could do you know 10 minutes of work to make 100 extra dollars off them by doing the, you know, the ROM-hacked version of it and selling it uh, on eBay freely. So, yeah. All right. It's not going to be a, a good Christmas for some uh, some uh, sellers. Oh, I hope those other unnamed defendants. Oh, yes. Soldier Boy is one of them. Soldier <laughs> you, you You were laughing, but that's not going to be, uh, that's not going to be out of the realm of possibility. At Guy R. Bailey, the best and worst games you got for Christmas. Ian, you go first. Worst is hard to say, but I did saddle my brother with that copy of Home Alone Two for Christmas, which is <clears throat> one that wasn't the... that wasn't that wasn't uh, your present though. It was his, right? Right. Yeah, that's a little chicanery going on. But there. that's that was bad. Um, best game I probably got for Christmas. I mean, back when it was you know before me asking for mm-hmm. games for Christmas, and you know maybe my parents just taking a wild wild stab at things was DuckTales was a Christmas present. That, okay. That was a Christmas present. And you asked present. specifically for that? No, I didn't. That was just a... That was... Did you watch the show or... Yeah, I watched okay. the show. Um, so was a good <clears throat> inference. Yeah, I watched the show and that was a Christmas present and um, I think that year I also got like RC Pro-Am. All right. And uh, RC Pro-Am was not a bad... Game. I like RC Pro Am, but I was always miserable at it. So for you, that's a worse game for it, you. You know, it's not a bad. I, game. I'm just, I'm just looking at it in terms of that year, especially because of that. Um... You're just hitting everything on my shelf. You're way over there, Ian. You gotta, oh. <laughs> we gotta come over here. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's my Turbo Graphics VHS tapes behind you. That's okay. Um, Go on. I'll grab that in a second. So, just in terms of that year, like, the dichotomy seemed so big. It was uh, the, the difference, because DuckTales was so fantastic, sure. and RC Pro-Am was so frustrating that... It's four stars, according to Sir NES Guide. I, uh, I, it up. I never... Uh, I, I, it took me ages to go back to RC Pro-Am, but DuckTales, yeah, I played that mm-hmm. game forever and ever and ever. Um, and I remember, you know, my mom basically showing me how to go through and beat that one because that one really absorbed her as well. I think she liked all the exploration that you could do in DuckTales. So really, oh, three and a half stars. So really, it was a present for mom as well. Yeah, it, it was. So my mom didn't play video games, so there was no incentive to, for her to buy it. My dad played Top Gun and threw the controller against the wall when I beat him at double dribble. That was it. Yeah, so I don't know if my mom knew she would like it, if she had read reviews. I know that, like... I remember her telling me a few times when I was young, like when we'd go to the rental store, she'd be like, oh, you know, Cheryl, like her coworkers, because she worked in bars and restaurants. So she was working with young people that she'd be like, oh, they liked that one. You know, you might like that one. You might like that one. So she was probably getting, you know, tips from, you know, her peers. And, sure. uh, but yeah, that one, that was probably one of the coolest games. I mean, everyone knows that that's one of my favorite games ever. 
that was a Christmas gift. And uh, yeah, that that year, whatever else I got, I don't really remember that overshadowed it. I didn't get a lot of Christmas uh, video game presents. Um, computer games I bought for myself throughout the year. You couldn't wait to, for a computer game. It was kind of weird to do that for some reason back yeah. in the day. Like Warcraft 2, I just buy it myself. You know, with whatever money I had allowance or saved up money from, got money for Christmas from relatives. I remember one year my, my grandpa gave me $100. Me and my sister were like, what the hell? We just got like 10 bucks every year. One year was like $100. Like, well, they must have got like their, their pension went through or something from, uh, from, I don't know, from their old company. I don't know. It was really weird. So that was money that I would go towards Christmas presents I bought myself. So when you look at the, my, the Pantheon of Pat's, uh, console games, I didn't get a lot of them for Christmas. I, um, I did, though, uh, get the first Christmas. I said before, Super Mario Brothers, Ikari Warriors, and Spy Hunter. Out of those three, there's one that stands out as being really bad. So Ikari Warriors is on the, on, the, on the short list for worst games I got for Christmas. For best, um, if you want to go technical, Super Mario Brothers, but it really it came with the console. Yeah. Zelda 2, you could say, is probably the best game I got. It if was, I actually got it at Christmas. It was technically for Christmas. <laughs> so, as as I stated before and in a certain NES guidebook, Zelda 2, I asked for Christmas of 88. There was a massive chip shortage in the entire tech industry in 88. They pushed games back for six months a year. They limited the games that came out in 88 because of, if you look at the history of pushing games back. Technically, Zelda 2... And Super Mario Brothers, you know, two came out in '88. Not a lot of people played them in '88 though, because the copies were very limited. So I asked for Zelda two, whatever, going through the service merchandise catalog. No, I think it was a Sears catalog. I had both of them, and I asked for you know Zelda two, you know that fall of '88. It was just coming out, and so Christmas arrives, and I had literally three presents wrapped for Christmas. So I had, a, I had a dollar limit that I didn't realize until I was much older. And by the way, my dad didn't adjust it for inflation. So I actually got less presents as I got older. I learned that when I was like 22. <laughs> I was like, Dad, I was like, come on, you didn't adjust for inflation? So <laughs> so I got the same amount of presents dollar-wise when I was five when I was 18. Or, anyway, whatever. I wasn't complaining. But uh, yeah, kind of. So I got uh, Zero Gravity Cliffhangers, the cars, the Tyco. Yeah. I got that. It was shit. And yep. we returned it that year. My buddy had it too, and it, it just, just didn't work. It just didn't work. Didn't work. They said you have to rub like graphite on it to like. No, it just didn't work. It got stuck and flipped down. We returned that shit lickety split, and that probably cost about seventy five bucks in nineteen eighty eight, which is a, that's like double yeah. now, or or sixty. It was it was expensive. Then I got two two Lego castles, which were great. I started my Lego castle castle obsession. I got the the black bigger one. And I got the smaller gray castle mm-hmm. set in eighty eight. And that's all I got for Christmas, besides stocking stuffers. You know why? Because Sears didn't deliver in time Zelda 2. I would not get Zelda 2 until April of 89. I cried over that because I so wanted Zelda 2. I got, I got Legend of Zelda in uh, earlier. I think I got Legend of Zelda in the spring of 88 or like February of 88. It was one of the first games I got after I got... Uh, NES and the Christmas 87. It was probably three months later. It was, I think it was still cold. It was probably like February or March uh, of uh, 88. I got that. Me and my sister both beat it. So I was looking forward to the sequel. It's the only probably game I was looking forward to on that extent ever on the NES. I was, honestly, I looked forward to Zelda 2 more than Super Mario Brothers 2 or 3. Like I, Zelda 2 was my, my main mainstay for that console. And I just didn't get it. So 
That was the best game I got for Christmas, but not really. <laughs> Ian. Because I don't believe I got a Super Nintendo game for Christmas any years. I got Super I got uh, Super Mario I got Super Mario World with the Super Nintendo right. Christmas of ninety one. But, you know. Doesn't you can't count that. But that was probably the best moment though, was was getting that super uh was that set. That and, and winning the Turbo Graphics sixteen. That nothing will ever top that memory. Ever. Yeah, that's winning cool. a Turbo Graphics sixteen <laughs> for Christmas. That's... And my dad debated whether to just wrap it for me under the Christmas tree. That might have been actually better, but instead I got it like two, two and a half weeks before Christmas. I got it like early December of, of that would have been, uh, when, when Turbo Graphics came out, I got Christmas in 90. I got it the year and a half after it came out. When it was still semi-popular, but it was starting at 91 at once. Started Went down a cliff. Yeah. So, all right. All right. And this question is from Harry Atomic YT. With the launch of Epic Games Store, do you think this could lead to oversaturation of the digital games market, or will the competition prove to be good for digital storefronts overall? And this was asked by uh, Harry Atomic, uh, who actually is a YouTuber a little bit, and also edits the podcast. Kieran. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks, bud. Out in uh, Ireland. Um, So... We had for a long time one major digital marketplace for games for the past like what like almost ten years. Steam has been. Yeah, it feels like longer than that, but yes. So Steam has done very well. They've had a near monopoly on things, for better or for worse. It's always worse and with capitalism. For a monopoly, you want competition. Uh, I'm not when it launched. So now we have competitors coming. We've got GOG, we've got what EA's is Origin, I think. Although I don't know. You don't know. hear enough of that. GOG mainly deals with older classic games, so not necessarily sure. newer ones. So they might have some new ones, but it's usually stuff that's been out at least, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years, and then going back to like the eight. Discord's had a marketplace now since October. Discord has started. So Epic Games, who uh, doesn't have time to do Unreal Tournament, by the way, but they have time to start a new digital marketplace. Um, yeah, they, they officially canceled the development of the new one. They officially, quietly in early December, said, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Even though we've, we've been working on the alpha version for like two years. Two I'm sorry, years. Pat. We didn't t- bring that up. <clears throat> sorry, I'm going for a tangent. During the, the, the Fortnite dance lawsuit thing, guess where they originally had all those nice emotes? Guess where you had a lot of different emotes in, in games? In a game called Unreal Tournament. You had a bunch of emotes. When you won a match, you had three or four dances you did, and you could chain them together. That's the fucking thanks we get as the hardcore core Unreal Tournament fans. Fortnite, you made a, Epic, you made a million, uh, billion dollars off these dances. You can't throw Unreal Tournament. Can one week go by where you can't... Uh, just uh, jam- you can't even get the words out of your mouth. No, You're I can't. So angry. You, you jingle, jingle balls up my butt is what this feels like right now. Oh Ian, boy, the okay. holiday season. All right, that's what you do. Anyway, Epic. So Epic um, <laughs> is doing a game store now, uh-huh. where they're doing uh, instead of uh, uh, usually the the traditional split for a digital marketplace going back to I guess Apple established it with the i. You know the iTunes and their store, the Google Play Store, seventy thirty, seventy thirty. So the the, the publisher t- keeps seventy, the the storefront gets thirty. I don't know why that is. That always seemed a little steep to me. I always thought like eighty twenty would have been a little bit more fair. Uh, so Steam has done seventy thirty, up to thirty. I think it's near thirty for most of their games. Epic comes along and says, you know what? That's bullshit. And plus, we have so much money. From uh, from a game called Fortnite, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do twelve uh, percent only. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep eighty eight percent. So that coupled with them announcing that 
Super Meat Boy Forever is going to launch and be exclusive for a year digitally uh, on Epic Game Store, that's uh, pretty good. Yeah. That's going to attract publishers. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to be like, oh my God, we're going to be making, uh, doing the patent app. We'll be making, uh, let's see, if you go from 70, 70 to almost 90, 20, 20 divided by uh, 70, that's like 30% more money back in your pocket that you're getting. And then I think in right? response to that, or at least at the same time, Discord said that starting in 2019, their split is going to be 90-10. Wow. So see what happens? Is More that, competition? I, I'm right about yes, that, right? Yeah. It did. Okay, 90 That cut's going to start in 2019. They're going to drop whatever they're doing. I don't know what they're taking right now. but So you have more competition. By the way, it's, you earn 28.5% more than... So my patent math was right. Oh. If you go from 70 to 90%. So, so that's, a, that's a lot of money. That's a ton. So it, to, to directly answer the question... I think the oversaturate. I think there is an oversaturation of digital game front game storefronts. It, it, it's hard to keep track of it or to know where to go. <clears throat> but I think the the competition's obviously very good. Uh, yes, I mean, it's very very good. Um, and I think that that competition will. I think the oversaturation in time. Well, honestly, it's it's gonna narrow back down because as these publishers realize that. Okay, well, this storefront is going to be the better storefront from us. I feel like you may find people grouping more towards one again. I don't know. Beca- no? beca- because publishers, they're, now they're going to be jockeying for position. So now Steam's going to have to respond oh, at yeah, some point. No, and you're say, right. It's not like Steam's just going to stay with 30. Yeah. yeah, if I'm a big publisher, I can say, well, Epic's offered me 10% and, and we're still at 30 and I got a huge game. I know how much money we're going to make. I can sure. just go exclusive to them or. You, or you give me a discount. It'll be good for shoppers too. I mean, it'll finally, there'll be more sales. It'll, it'll finally, yes, it'll finally give us the ability to truly shop around. Yes, yes, and so and that's the good news. If the publishers make more, when a game goes on sale, the publisher will still make more money. Right. So they'll, st- everyone will win in that scenario. Yeah. The, no, the middleman is the Absolutely. only in this scenario. The middleman is the only person that loses. But, but they're the least important one in this equation. They're well, just putting up a digital storefront. And even uh, Discord even said, like, it doesn't cost that much to run this right. in the grand scheme of things. So they're basically saying, Steam, you know, come on, guys. What uh, are you doing here? Well, and the people who are the people who are really going to get hurt from this are the people who I don't care about. It's people like G2G and those those sites that are selling those all those fucking... Those selling the codes. Selling those fucking, yeah, gray... Yeah market weird codes like you said though it might splinter if the same game comes out in three different marketplaces it might splinter hell though there's a lot of games that come out on steam and fail though just because of the bad timing just because there's so much stuff on steam where it's like youtube where i think it's like 90 percent of indie games fail like it's a high percentage or 80 something percent where just be it's just because there's so many that you don't know they come out they get lost in the shovel now there's more options there's more, for them yes, to be there's more promotion on multiple marketplaces right. There's more uh, chances for partnerships. I just think capitalism, uh, in this case, works out for, to me, for everyone. And yes, the Steam will have to drop at some point their 30% down. Uh, they, they're going to have to. They just have to. Now, the one argument I said, well, people are saying, well, I don't want to deal with all these. You're going to be able to search for any game and find whatever store it's on. Yeah. Whether it's on one, two, or now three. Yeah. I don't hear anything about the EA Origins. I don't know what... No, I'm not even sure it's still around. I just brought it up because I know it, 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 it was is a big a thing. thing at some point. It's a thing they at some tried point. It. So, the worst case scenario is this. You're going to have, uh, not including a good old games, which is mostly older games, you're going to have three different launchers, potentially, if you're, if you're shopping around. 
that to me is not a huge deal. No. I mean, I come from the, back in my day, 80s and 90s, besides DOS prompts, you just clicked on, you know, individual game icons. That You know, you made a little shortcut folder, you made like right. a folder with your game. Just, you're going to have three different, no, there's still, even with Steam, there's still individual game yeah. launchers. So it's, you're not, you're not like losing time. Yeah, you're not going to be able to easily go on your one Steam and say, oh, I have these 50 games. You're going to have to have three websites Folks, to say, these are Folks, we're talking libraries. about an additional minute. <laughs> yes. This, this is first world digital game problems we're yeah. talking about. You're going to win. You're going to get more, potentially, you're going to get more sales. The publisher's going to make more money. You're going to probably be able to discover more deals between all three going on because they'll be competing with each other. And Steam, and Steam sales will probably happen more often too. There. Okay. Is that it for the CU podcast? That is. All right. Um, uh, get in your order on a certain NES guidebook before the holidays. We're running out of stock on the second print run. No. It's gonna, you're going to have to reorder in the spring. Uh, UltimateNES.com. Uh, Ian's on, on Twitch. Pixel Sickle at Pixel points. Pixel Sickle. Pl- playing that smash. Are you, are you smashing on, on Twitch? No. You're not, not smashing yet. on Twitch? Not yet. You're not? Okay. you got to set that up. Yep. Is, is that built into... Uh, no, it into really needs is to it be... Yet? Like I get on that. It was. Uh-oh. It's a great well, idea. Oh, get your game capture HD, I guess, and just hook it up directly. You have one, right? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash see podcast. There might be a Christmas video. There's, there might be, might be. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. We'll see you. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's a week away from today, and uh, be nice to people. Be nice and just give something. Give a little stocking stuffer to someone. Yeah. Make you feel better. All right. Hug a hug a friend. Spend time eating food, being a, merry, and pet, not pet a dog. And not worrying about stuff for a while. Yeah. I'm gonna try not to worry for the rest of the day. Maybe maybe I'll uh I'll relax. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it maybe it'll work, relaxing. Yeah. Uh, I gotta I gotta sort of uh reverse the gray hairs from this year. I think I gotta <laughs> if that's a thing, I don't know. I am vain about that. <laughs> I like my grays. <laughs> Well, let's put it this way. I don't think women mind the grays. I hear that like, they like it. I just don't like it. Not, that's how I know. I, that's the one indicator I know, like, okay, now I'm getting older, is that I'm not really sagging anywhere yet in my body, or I can still do all the physical things I could do when I was 30. I bought I'm a be- knee brace. I'm, I'm in better shape than when I was 30. What? I bought myself a Christmas knee brace. Like oh, like, like a wrap one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't have it on now. That's like, how like, I know like, I'm getting like, older. Like the Brett Favre ones, the or No. Just like the Ace Bandage, but it's like it's an Ace brand one, but like you slide it up and then you wrap it and tighten it. Oh, I got, I got one of those. I used to, I used to use that for when I do leg presses. I uh, I'm now a little stronger. I, uh, after two nights of Nine Inch Nails concerts, my left knee is very sore. And Have you ever had problems before your knee? Yeah, it's it's when I go to shows and like I move around a bit, my left knee always gets like really sore and it's it's, it's cartilage. You think or it's rough to walk on for a few days? So I got myself a, wow. a knee brace. Maybe you, did you tweak it at some point? Didn't realize it. Now there's a whole other pocket cover. It's it's always but my 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 knee, left knee has always been weird. So I might have damaged it at some point. Didn't realize it. Yeah, so, well, I tore my ACL in college. So. so I got myself a knee brace for concert going. Oh, I, I could have. Well, I have. I just had the ones you slide on. And you wrap a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's what that's I, the that's, one. That's, that's yeah, what it, like it's Velcro top and bottom. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I have the the Brett Favre version of that. Uh, they work. Yeah, it's they nice. Work. All right then. All right. So, uh, Ian can spray paint his red and green for the holidays, I guess. Yep. You gonna get back to the gym with me at some point? Let's yeah. Go, you gonna get to the gym? Yeah. What's the gym? At some point. Come on, know. come on. New Year's resolution, Ian. Come on, New Year's resolution. Let's do it. <laughs> Fuck the resolution. Remember, you said you slept better when you went to the gym. I did. did. I did. Self care, Ian. That's all I'm saying. All, all right. right. With that, with that self care, I'm gonna eat tons of Italian pastries next week. Take care, everyone.